What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance's Blast podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome to yet another episode of Ignorance is Blessed with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm an idiot. We're all idiots sometimes, and that's why we're here, to learn the answers to all of our ignorant questions. And that way, we get a little less ignorant. We start to learn about people who are different than us, and we feel more connected. And that's the root of all of this. Now, in the past, I had specific intros that would go on and on about the guest in our conversation, but I've decided I want to let the conversations speak for themselves. So this is just a little reminder of what the podcast is about and other things you can do to engage with the podcast. So obviously you're listening right now. I love that. If you love the podcast, it would be so helpful if you subscribed on whatever device you use to listen to podcasts. Hell, if you have more than one device, you have a Spotify account and you're on iTunes, go subscribe on both doesn't hurt you helps me please leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this hopefully it's positive and if you have some constructive questions or feedback I would love for you to send those to me directly instead of just leaving them in a review especially if they're specific to one episode you can always email me anything questions ideas you want advice you have a suggestion for a guest or maybe not a specific guest but a topic you'd love to hear about Ignorance is blessed podcast at gmail.com. There's also a Facebook group where you can engage with other listeners in discussions, in suggestions and discussions about those suggestions. And it's just sort of a, a fun community to connect with each other and with other people who are trying to learn and grow and be a better version of themselves. That's on Facebook. You can find it by searching ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash JMS comedy. And it's listed as my group on that page. You can follow me anywhere else at JMS comedy. If you want to watch these interviews, I put out the interviews a little bit earlier than I put out the audio. Go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash AK Jessica Michelle made that when I still lived in Alaska and was younger and I can't get JMS comedy. So there you go. And those will stream at 5 p.m. Pacific time the day before. So you can get a little sneaky peeky. You can follow me everywhere, as I said, at JMS Comedy. And also follow the podcast at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram to see some fun clips. And as a reminder, before we get to this interview with my wonderful guest today, please keep in mind that no guest I have on is, nor do they claim to be an expert in whatever our topic is, whatever the given situation identity is. They are just one human sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. So please keep that in mind with every guest. And without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode of Ignorance is Blessed. Just so we can line these up. Yay. Oh, sorry, Moki. Oh, it's another boom, uh, boom, boom, boom firework. Yeah. And speaking of boom booms in the sky, I have <laughs> Don't the do this. daughter of uh, <laughs> war torn yep. immigrants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I sp- that this isn't how we're starting. That's actually where Listen, funny. hey idiots, we're here. Uh, <laughs> I call my listeners idiots. Let's deal with it. Me too, and I have no reason. Well, I <laughs> met some of your listeners. Uh, well, that is true. You know who you are. Chris Mejia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> get it. Get it. 
You guys, I'm here with Ariana Ramich. Did I say it right? Oh Ariana. Yeah, you Ramich. did. I've been yeah. living with you for months. You, you're. I didn't expect that from you. You didn't. Yeah. How I did mean, you think I say? Well, I thought you were gonna say Ramic because I always just tell people Ramic, and I've had like an existential crisis about how to say my last name. You've just given up on trying to say it correctly to well, people. I just don't care how people say it. Like I know we're supposed to die on this hill of like you're supposed to care my how people name. say. It. I'm like I don't need Americans to butcher my name. I'm not in the business of that. Do you know what no, I mean? No. So like, just like say it. L- do your best tell you wrong yeah well if it makes you feel yeah. better my phone <laughs> calls you Arijana. i do and i cannot yeah. get siri to call you unless i say hey siri just in case you <laughs> uh call Arijana. that's so funny you know it, uh word auto corrects my name to marijuana really yeah <laughs> it's great fitting honestly yeah. the amount of edibles you do I <laughs> <laughs> is that a secret it, it no, it's you? out now. It's out now. Are your parents going to be disappointed? Yeah, my mom fully thinks I'm a drug addict. It's great. Because you yeah. do edibles occasionally? Yeah, you know. Wow. Mama Ramich. Well, She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. She just can't She can't get behind the, the drugs. She should meet my siblings, yeah. and then she'd <laughs> understand what a drug addict actually looks <laughs> like. Uh <laughs> We've got it all over here. And yeah. Not nearly the uh, as much uh, excuse as <laughs> I think someone from your yeah. background. Well, okay. Let's just dive in. Yeah, let's do it. You're a first generation immigrant. Is that what it's called? Okay. So this is actually like a contested term, which I didn't know. So um, I think that technically... Um, Yes, most people would consider me first gen, um, but some people consider the people who immigrated first gen and then the people who are their kids second, second gen. gen. Oh, so I wondered that. I'm not sure. Like, I, I, th- I think both terms are valid. But so. you are the daughter of... Oh. God damn it. Should I close the curtain? Maybe. Listen, guys. Moki, no. I'm going to have to edit this out. Hey. <laughs> oh, oh that was sweet um i gotta keep i need to just give <laughs> up and be a person who has hot dogs in their pockets at all times i actually see that I yeah. Hot dog. yeah the problem is i would eat the hot dog. yeah exactly That's like, you'd like have like one bad moment you'd be like it's it's happening yeah um, um my god you no. blew the roof off of the mic moki okay yeah. so but the for clarity's sake yes no <laughs> We're hiding. Bad girl era. It bad girls club. Sorry, you are yes. the. <laughs> I'm the daughter of. I always just say I'm the daughter of immigrants. Yeah, I am the daughter of immigrants. Mm-hmm. You know, weave that into your flag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my flag. Yeah. My big. I have a flag that I weave things into, and uh-huh. I will weave that into. Quilting is huge. It's back, baby. Really? Yeah. No, um, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't be surprised if you tried to get into quilting. I've thought about it. Of course, you have. <laughs> Have you tried knitting? Uh, yeah. Crochet? Uh, yeah. I used to love crochet. Me too. Yeah. My mom used to crochet like nobody's business. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a common um, hobby in Bosnia. Yeah. Everyone crochets like nobody's business because you yeah. can't build a business <laughs> off of crocheting. Um, it's a <laughs> common Etsy hobby. The Etsy stores in are just In thriving. Bosnia, that's like a big thing. Yeah. Like the, a lot of the women will like crochet. We call it heklanya. And so it's a joke. There's like doilies whenever you go to someone's house. They like a middle aged Everywhere. The TV is covered with doilies. The the tablecloth is a doily. Like I have some. Uh, my grandma has knit me like table 
Doilies. Yeah. Tables, and they're runners. a cherished, cherished thing. Um, like to you me. pass them down. Oh, or it's like very special. Them. Yeah. You can pass them down. A lot of people do. Um, but oh, it's like you can also just make it for someone. So, oh. well, yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a, what I think my problem was with, I enjoyed crocheting, mm-hmm. but I was like, what? What, do you, what am you I can do only have it? so much crochet. Do you know? Yeah, what I, I can't mean? just have a bunch of hand crocheted scarves. And yeah, imagine being that person that just only wears crochet nets. Like, I know. I guess horrible. I get why if somebody knows someone who's into it. Yeah. Like, yeah every year she gives me a knitted sweater because she's like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he. Maybe yeah. some men might. Socks also are huge. Really? Cr- knitted and crocheted socks. Yeah, I still have some from my um my great grandma, my mom's grandma that she she made for us. Yeah. She made for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you alive when your great grandma was alive? Yeah, she passed away when I was like in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. How old is your mom? Um, she is close to sixty. Damn. Yeah. She lived a long time. I she just lived a very long just, time. Th- is yeah. that a Bosnian thing? I don't, kn- you know, it's Bosnia, uh, by the way, if you're yeah. waiting to figure out where yeah. her parents are from. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's actually unfortunate <laughs> because I feel like um, a lot of people die in their like 50s. Moki. She's like, I'm over it, dude. I'm going to have to get a bone, a bone treats or something. Hang on. A bone? She's thriving. My first episode back. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her little silly little legs. <laughs> I'm a cutie. Whoa. Aha. I got what I wanted. Because you're like, yeah. Yeah. She's smarter than both of us, to be honest. Yeah. There we go. Back on my bullshit. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, wait. Where were we? So Bosnia. Yes. Uh, fuck. What were we saying? Oh, oh. Uh, people dying. I Okay. Do yeah. Bosnian people get... Because th- people say that about like Italians. Italians live. I mean, I feel like there is probably... I feel like there's a, a really huge population gap in Bosnia right now, especially after the war. So there's... Um, uh, like a lot of old people who have zero family, but then a lot of people, so <laughs> it's very sad. Are people going back? No, no. And for everyone's leaving, there's more, I think, I don't know if this is still true, but I think there's more Bosnians outside of Bosnia than in Bosnia. Really? Yeah. Because there's no jobs. There's no work. Everyone like this is, this was to my point of like, uh, most people are dying in their fifties of like heart attacks and like, you know stuff because of like ptsd and like because they're all traumatized yeah i mean that's my biggest fear is my parents uh dying young so i'm glad that we're close to the 60 hump but i can uh, like countless friends who have lost their dads in their 50s it's 50 yeah damn Mm -hmm. just fucking heart gives out dude yeah it's literally like i mean also i mean some people just uh, like alcoholism or eating poorly or whatever right but you can't deny that that's like the trauma is definitely trauma definitely impacts yeah yeah your Mm -hmm. whole body and of course it's gonna slowly especially if you're I mean, you never fully recover from mm-hmm. severe trauma. Oh it's like yeah. you learn how to live with it and lessen. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a big thing that I never fully grasped is that it's like, I mean, I do understand that you don't just get over it, but there's, I don't think that I will ever understand that there's not a single day that goes by that you probably don't think about it. You know what I mean? Somewhere. Yeah. 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 I wonder if that's true for everyone. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but it's like. 
Yeah, I remember when I had the realization of like, oh, you it doesn't. There's not a way to like make it go away. You y- just like you're learn never to done. Handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just always good. Yeah. You just like learn to live. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's nice. Good. Great. It's like the same thing with like therapy, I guess. Like you're never really. You could always be. Yeah. Growing. Getting better at growing. So yeah. It's like you could leave therapy, but you could also always be in therapy and it wouldn't right. be. Yeah. Unnecessary. Or yeah. It, I know that. Yeah. I graduated I know. and went back. Yeah. <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> Which honestly, I think therapists should like. If you've given them certain goals and they feel like, yeah, you know, with the feedback you're giving them, it's like, seems like you kind of accomplish what you want. Yeah. Maybe you, well, can go out on your, I think it's almost like try to fly mm. from the nest. Yeah. Well, I think also you don't have to talk about this, but I feel like the reason you went back was for a different reason than why you started Absolutely. Going. Well, and it's like, if I, I think if I hadn't gone initially. Yeah. Because we're not going to make this about me. I'm not going to fucking be mm. that person. But like, this long story short, I went back to therapy once I was like. I was deeper in a relationship and I had not ever been as intimate emotionally and brought up a lot of stuff. And so I was like, oh shit, I have never actually gone this far emotionally with someone. Isn't it cool to like learn something new about yourself though, even if it challenges you? Sometimes. Yeah, it's, it is, but like it is once you feel like you're getting through it. Uh, Yeah. I I remember being like, oh "Oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess enlightenment's not around the corner. Yeah. That's a thing I was in danger of but I mean I really wonder I mean long story short my parents you know were in concentration camps came to okay. America went through a war you don't right have to be long story short that's what this whole thing is but I mean like I really do wonder like what would have happened if there were resources for them to like get more traditional therapy, therapy. help um just because like I see like I th- I don't think that my parents had like a traditional response to trauma like a lot of people think it is with like PTSD and stuff like that. Yeah. I think they definitely have that, but I've only seen it deepen years later versus it being like really bad in the beginning and then got gotten better. I've seen the reverse of that. Oh, I understand that mm-hmm. completely and I yeah. think there's a part of it that's like you it gets like buried. Mhm. And you, yeah, you're surviving. You're yeah, and you it like down. cope with it by pushing it down. And yeah. I think what happens for a lot of people is there comes a point where either maybe it's that you reach a point in your life where things are actually good enough that you can calm down, and as you calm down, more things come up, mm-hmm. or your body simply can't take it anymore. I'm not sure yeah. what it is where it's just like, no, it's coming out now. You know, it's like when you like go through finals week and then you get that first day of rest and you get sick the day after finals week. That's what I think it's like, you yeah. know, like the moment that you have a little bit of breathing room, your body's like, remember this trauma, you know? Yeah. Because I, mean? well, I didn't have like, yeah. Uh, like, or, you know, there might've been subtle things that I didn't realize were like tied to abandonment issues or tied to being neglected or something in relationships. But like, it didn't really flare its head till like my li- late thirties, mm. my stuff. So I was, or not thir- my late thirties. I'm see. not even in my late thirties. <laughs> my late twenties. My early forties. <laughs> my fifties. Uh, but that was 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was just sort of like, oh, now this mm. is happening. And then I think I kind of tried to go like, well, I've kind of been fine the whole time, so I can still be fine. And then uh, it's like, why am I falling apart now? That's the thing is like when you're high functioning and uh, whether that's a good or bad thing for people, right? It's like you're able to just be like, well, I don't have to address this because I'm just like, I'm going. Yeah. You know? And you like, I think until yeah. you hit the point where like your stuff mm-hmm. is unbearable or comes out, really like comes up in, in a way that you can't ignore anymore. 
it's easy to look at other people, you know, or if you just, God bless you if you don't yeah. have fucking trauma. Yeah. It's easy. Because I remember seeing some, I don't know if it was on MTV or like Dr. Phil, which those are two mm-hmm. very different things. But there were girls who were like 16 and I was watching this as a 16 year old on some show, like talking about their dads and they were like, why? And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Like. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. are tough and cool for so long. And then one day you just like snap. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I could go on for hours because I think that that's also mm-hmm. where my autoimmune. I think autoimmune stuff comes from emotional suppression. I, I do, too. But it's not about me. This is about I want to talk to you about growing yeah. up. Yeah. Living in a house of parents. <laughs> who, I mean, OK, so you yeah. just re- really went long story short. My parents were in concentration. Camps, yeah. Just for context. Just for context. But yeah. But OK. So for context, maybe mm. maybe other people learned about this in the period of like when I was transitioning from moving from Mississippi to Alaska mm. and it was like different curriculums and we just missed this. Yeah. Where were you in 1992? 92. I was in Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. I was a uh, young elementary school. I think I would have okay. been starting elementary school yeah. then. I remember hearing, you know, uh, you know, on the news and stuff, just Bosnia, but like, that's literally just, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I knew. Yeah. Bosnia. And then there was that like one guy's name. I heard a lot. Milosevic, probably. Yeah, Slovodan. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think I like to say that a lot. I had no idea what it meant or it's who he was. It's a fun name it's to say, f- honestly. Yeah, <laughs> it is a fun name, and I don't know if that's offensive. And yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit? Because I cannot be the only mm-hmm. American who's like, yeah. So what? Yeah. Concentration camps. They're yeah. Not, like what the? F- I think what it's the something fuck happened in Bosnia. I think it's something that you associate with like. Germany you know what I mean like a before time well you know what I also realized as I was like thinking about this today and what I wanted to ask you about and talk Mm -hmm. to you about is that like I don't know the U.S.'s involvement in this yeah and how much or how little there was Mm -hmm. but then I was like oh maybe we learned so much about World War II because they're like this one we like really won we like crushed that one so yeah remember that one so that is the sad thing about like um where history used to be my favorite class until I had a history teacher be like, oh, why do you guys love history? Because it always repeats itself. No matter how many like studies they're done, politicians that know what's going to happen, all this stuff. And specifically Bosnia, it was like dubbed the worst like genocide on European soil since the Holocaust and people were not stepping in and helping. And like, um, so July 11th is a big anniversary for a lot of Bosnians because that's when Srebrenica happened, which is basically this town, um, in Eastern, yeah, Srebrenica. So, um, it's this town in Eastern Bosnia and basically the UN, really fucked up there and um yeah you can read about it all online i won't go into specifics but they basically let you know the (laughs) serbians kind of run this camp and the serbians were like no no it's not a concentration camp it's just a work camp you know oh also i'm sorry what is a work Work camp camp. yeah (laughs) exactly yeah that's not Um, a a concentration it's a work camp yeah and so basically call it a warehouse stupid over eight thousand men were uh, killed in one day because the UN one day was like, all right, we'll leave, we'll retreat. And that was the first day they left the, they, all those men and families were killed in the camps. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know how they were killed? Uh, mass graves, basically shot to death. You Sorry know. to be morbid. Yeah. I just feel like yeah. that's a question that. No, yeah, it's a valid. Because how do you kill that many people in okay. one day? You know? I'll <laughs> ask a really dumb question, which mm-hmm. is the whole premise of this. Yes. I feel like I'm going to ask this. Yeah. I'm genuinely asking this. Mm-hmm. I'm so embarrassed I'm asking this. No, it's. This is. So. Yeah. It's. Is Serbia a country? Yes. Great question. So uh, this is actually a very good question. So basically, um, (laughs) uh, the war started because former Yugoslavia was basically kind of, it's now seven different countries. Okay. But it all used to be under Tito Bros was his name. He was like supposed to be a benevolent dictator, but that's questionable if he was uh, how benevolent. A benevolent (laughs) dictator? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so like my parents like love Tito because it was there was so much peace at the time. Everyone had jobs. Everyone had food. It was like a communist country. Like, but everyone had what they needed. Everyone had what they needed. It was they like said the, it was. Yeah. When you pitch communism uh-huh. in an idealist way for yes. a while, it was like that. and it was like it was like people would say like with Tito, you could sleep with your doors open. Like that's how safe it was. Right. Wow. Um, meanwhile, also, if you ever said anything bad about Tito, you would just disappear. The next oh. day. OK. So go, we so, love like, Tito. Yeah. Yeah, we love Tito. Okay, I sleep with my door open a lot. Yeah, from Tito. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, um, basically, um, the war started because he died, and people were like, "Who's going to be in power next?" Right? And um, the country like split into seven, and one seven, of them—that's wild. Yeah, and one of them is Serbia. Another one is like Croatia. Okay, so it's right? not that crazy that I asked that question. The crazy part is, is that um, there is now Bosnia. Which yeah. is not only there, not only inside of Bosnia is there a federation of Bosnia. There's also a Republic of Serbia in Bosnia. So Serbians got Serbia, Croatians like got Croatia, that's Serbian inside of, and 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 Serbians still got part of Bosnia. So that is why the war was so devastating in that region is because there were three main ethnicities and they were all kind of like. The Serbians were like, well, there's more Bosnians here, so we obviously have to kill them all to get into power, right? Oh, because they're like, mm-hmm. whoever has the most people is going right. to be in charge. So Instead like, of just being like, why don't you just go be in charge of your own space? Right. We'll, we'll <laughs> do our own thing. <laughs> well, so they wanted to like have, they basically wanted to seed off and have different regions, and a lot of Bosnians were bipartisan, and in the end, it screwed them over because they were sort of just like, yeah, whatever, you know? Oh, um, wow. That is. Yeah. And so haunting. that's the part of the complicated there because bosnia has three main religions three main ethnicities but like for example what are the three main so there's catholic religion? people there's orthodox people and then there's muslims orthodox uh, christianity. christianity yeah okay. sorry um there used to be a very small jewish population but they were kind of basically exterminated but, uh, yeah, during yeah. world war yeah so they didn't get out of the camps yeah uh, <laughs> you know it was in uh, they, or they, they evacuated before we don't know they just kind of took they went their own way it was the before time so like the world wars and stuff uh, and and the balkan region has had a war almost every 50 years like clockwork so like we're like ready for one on. yeah there were talks of another war happening but then russia and ukraine happened and serbia was like we'll pump the brakes so yeah. 
and see. I think if if Putin did really well, then Serbia would have moved in on other and stuff. So is Serbia like Team Russia? They're like yeah. Of, okay. Yeah. That I knew, but I don't know why. Yeah. And then there's like the Serbians in Bosnia, so they don't say they're Bosnian, right? Like they, oh, they just go, say I'm they're Serbian. Serbian. Yeah. Which like you can be a Bosnian Serb, you can be a like a Serbian you Bos- can be a Bosnian that lives in Serbia, but that's rare. You know, there, there's a whole region called the Sanjak region where it's part of Serbia, but everyone there is Muslim. And Muslim is not the main religion of Serbia. No, no, exactly. So that's why it's what so complicated. Uh, Christian, okay. Christian, yeah. Um, and was the was the whole war just over like we want to be in charge of the whole space or was there like religious implications i think so it was mostly i think between it's complicated so there's a little bit of both right i think the religious complication is um very interesting because technically it was a communist country so like under tito like you weren't ever supposed to like you know like show your religion religion. publicly right yeah but people would like practice in their home and like whatever got like bothered for that it was just like don't i think there was a little bit underlying of like well we should be able to practice whatever we want so i feel like now after the war people have gotten like even more religious and kind of more like um outspoken about their yeah both and how it ties to their ethnicity so it's a complicated thing yeah which has been a struggle for my identity too because i'm like i feel very bosnian but i don't feel very muslim yeah does your family like really practice the religion um my parents like really believe in a god and they believe in like allah and like there being one god and and in islam but they never really like we never really went to mosque growing up. My dad would like go on the holidays and stuff. And like my parents will sometimes like fast, you know, during Ramadan and stuff. And I was like, you know, into fasting when I was a kid, but not for the religious aspect, just because I was like, I love a challenge. So no, wow. I was like, no, I was literally like, I I want to fast as many days as possible because I love a number goal. Yeah. Because I'm just goal. insane. Yeah. Um, You're goal oriented. And wrong with that. when I realized that I was like, oh, I don't actually care about this on a <laughs> religion level at all. Um, I was like, I think I need to like reevaluate if this does anything for me and um, organize religion for me. I realized is just not the business. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any beliefs? Um, I think that. um. You know, I feel like sometimes my sisters will tease me and be like, oh, like, you're so, like, you know, like, atheist. And I I don't think I'm atheist. Like, I think I'm just really – I think I believe in energies and connection and, like, something in the universe. there's more. But I don't believe in a traditional, like, God God. and heaven and hell. Yeah, no, I I think a lot – I feel very similar. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of religion – the organized stuff is designed for yeah. control and for yeah making up absurd just human written yeah. rules that nobody and I think it's beautiful like whenever somebody like you know I'm the first person to be like yeah I don't believe in in religion and then as soon as someone like shits on Islam I'm like well actually you know? that's so <laughs> like, funny well, well yeah. my, my thing is also yeah. like always been like yeah. if what you believe if you believe in a thing and, and you're not hurting mm-hmm. hurting anybody mm-hmm. you're not fucking bothering me about it yeah ever, like it's the same as like, yeah, you can, you eat healthy, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I like to be healthy sometimes. But what I don't need is for you to go, oh, my God, do you know what's in that? Oh, my God. Right. Exactly. This is why that's bad for you. That's the best You analogy. should be doing this. Mm-hmm. You should have mm-hmm. spinach. Well, I always, my perspective on it is, like, I feel like religion for a lot of people after the war has been a big source of community for them. And so I'm like, I'm going to let you do your thing. I really hate when people go to extremes, though. I've never been that way. Oh, I'm yeah. a very much like a everything's true kind of person very Bosnian of you (laughs) you know (laughs) and um, so I just that's the one thing that bothers me and I think that because I'm so I'm so liberal in other ways like you know that some things just don't sit right with me that I feel like I was really shunned a little bit from my community at times and I wanted like so badly to be part of like my Bosnian community and I never found that space for myself really yeah and then I kind of just like forged my own roads with it and now I've met people and especially other Bosnians who are like you know like more similar to me or like have the same beliefs that I do or like also didn't feel like they fit in or like you know they have a lot of queer friends or they're queer or like they you know like don't really believe in religion but they like love the traditions you know like stuff like that where I'm like okay great or like Bosnians who don't eat meat like they exist you know like it's like you know we're out there being different so yeah hell yeah yeah yeah. um um, how did you find other Bosnians? Um, so I, the biggest thing that happened for me, um, especially outside of like organized. Yeah. I started a business directory for all the Bosnian businesses during the pandemic. <laughs> Literally did it in one night. I had the idea at 2am and I just did it. I respect this and also think it's the dorkiest thing I've ever heard. I, no, I'm a huge dork. But that's, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. that's so am I. Yeah. I'm a huge, like I'm but such I love a nerd that you in that way. It. Oh yeah. I would go, this is a good idea. And yeah. Spend all night on a word document and uh-huh. never go back and never, to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm the type of person that like, I have so many projects that are unfinished, but then I'll get one idea at 2 a.m. and then I'll be like, let's just put Run all our eggs this. in this basket. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so I started doing that. And then I like, now I have like internet friends who like, I can't wait to meet one day because I'm like, oh my God, these people are like me or like the amount of people that have reached out to me. Like now slowly, I never really used to say that I was Bosnian like publicly with comedy stuff because I just did you not want to be put in a box or do you feel like it's yeah I didn't want to be put in a box and I also didn't want um Stop the it, judgment Serbian, I'm and sorry. The, yeah That's <laughs> um the, it's like a judgy small community you know and oh so that it's like oh if if you did something a little edgy well like a woman a doing comedy what a shock an alternative lifestyle you yeah, know and then it's like oh yeah. this is yeah, a blemish on the Bosnian you people. Know. <laughs> so if you did something a little off color or whatever, yeah. Moki. Well, why did I let her go? You know, Moki, quiet, babe. Ooh, she, she literally looked up there to see if Bits. they were still up there. We're doing them. Um, Moki, come here. <laughs> She's a terror. This is hell yeah. on earth. I'm gonna need a studio. Come here. You know what's funny is that if she was a Bosnian dog, her name would be Mirki. That's like a common. How do you know that? Because Mirki <laughs> means Mirki's like a fake name. <laughs> it means dark dog. Kind of. It's and that's what they do. It's just a common They just name. go black dog. <laughs> They're like mutt. Like <laughs> yeah. You, black dog. Yeah. That's it's like um, uh, Mirki and like Jackie and like things that, like that. Dog? Jackie. Just Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. But Jackie and Jackie. Yeah. Like Jackie, Jackie Merkanya. Like, yeah. What does Jackie mean? Just Jackie. Like oh, literally just, just Jackie. Ja- and that's a dog name? Yeah. A lot of dogs named Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> you explain. Seems like I an, can't. Seems honestly like an attack on um, Jackie's everywhere. On 
Onassis, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Jackie. Fucking up. offensive. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, so I never really, so, but then slowly people kind of found out and it like, it's word really sweet. Yeah, word got out and I've been more public about it because now I have some bits about it, but it's really sweet. People will be like, oh my God, like, oh, like you inspire me so much. Like a woman uh, doing like comedy, uh, like a Bosnian doing uh, comedy. Hang on, sorry. You're fine. So now you've met people who like think it's really oh, cool what you do. Yeah, they'll they'll like reach out and be very very sweet about. It. Every once in a while, I get a really kind of off color message and stuff. But um, most of the time, it's like really sweet people. And some people even being like, I've always wanted to do comedy, and like I've seen you do it, and like now I'm gonna go like sign up for like an improv class or something, right? And I'm like, that's really cool to be honest. No, I mean that's yeah. so. I mean that's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, Yugoslavia split into seven places. Yes. So Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia. I always forget one. Um, Are these the? (laughs) Is this the Czech? Czech? No. 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 So it's like you know. What is Herzegovina? Okay. Herzegovina is basically like southern Bosnia. Okay. So a lot of people, the Herzegovs, get really mad if you just say Bosnia and you don't say Bosnia and Herzegovina. But I'm like guys. Yeah. Who's gonna say that? Herzegovina. Yeah. And that's like a different <laughs> it's just like a region kind of thing okay um so yeah like if you th- like mostar do you have you ever seen pictures of mostar it has like that bridge they do the red bull competition there it's no. like in southern bosnia that's considered part of herzegovina right oh. so and they're they're kind of made fun of for like talking different and like whatever they're the south they're the south they're the south, uh, they're the south. yeah i'm from herzegovina but then i'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, that's, they're going to hate that. Yeah, um, it's okay. I uh, made yeah. love to a soldier from there once. He was a U.S. soldier. He wasn't. That's worse. That's actually worse. Um, but he was originally <laughs> from there. Is that making him a traitor? You know. It wasn't love. I was drunk um, on an island. But then there's also, like, um, Sarajevo is also, like, southeastern Bosnia. And, like, where my parents are from is northwestern Bosnia. The, the country's so small, but you would think these are different worlds. Like, That's it's crazy. So, it's yeah. so funny how people yeah, want to other themselves, but then also be included. Just as, like, a general... Yes, I think about this all the time. Humanity thing. Isn't that bizarre? I'm different. I want to belong. Yes. I mean, I feel like I kind of do that with my... Um, choice in life and career a little bit right because I feel like being different is my power but the support of like belonging is like what makes us feel connected to humanity right yeah so it's like you need the connection it's yeah oh, it's like a the universal paradox of it totally wanting yeah. to be an individual but also yeah. completely belong that's such a salient point like I <laughs> Like truly, like I, I just think I am one big paradox all the time. I mean, I think we all are. I hope so. It would make me feel better. For sure. someone listening, like I think I belong. All They're the like, time. I just fit in everywhere. I'm not trying so hard to be unique. Yeah, could it's never be not me. that cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, I'm in several clubs. Yeah, and I fit in, and everyone loves me. Everywhere so. I go, yeah. I'm beloved. So your parents, so this happened like this mm. big breakup situation happened in the 90s you want the quick and dirty of my parents story yeah (laughs) give it to me (laughs) give me me the give me the goods um okay so uh i should preface this and say that like everything that i've kind of learned is not like i had like a sit down talk with my parents it's kind of just like picking up tidbits from them Ah. um especially from my mom because my dad 
it's very hard, difficult for him to talk about like what he went through. So mostly it's like my mom knowing things from him or he'll like chime in every once in a while with Just stuff. Drop out a little nugget. Yeah, he'll do this bizarre thing. He mostly does it to me, but sometimes he'll do it to my sisters, too, where he'll just randomly reveal something that happened to him, like, 25 years ago. And, like, the most traumatic thing ever. And we're just like, what? <laughs> like, he just randomly, like, you out of the blue. think at this point he, like, forgets that he hasn't told you already? Yeah, probably. And it's so funny because it's like, my mom also never really let us ask him questions because he, my dad used to faint a lot. Um, it, and, like... <laughs> this is something that actually like when people like someone recently asked me they were like oh did your parents like sit you down and tell you what happened and I realized that the first time I actually understood like a tidbit of what had happened is like my dad had fainted and he like had to go to the hospital and have all these tests run and stuff and it was like maybe like the second time it had happened and I asked my mom I was like I was really young and I asked her I was like why does dad like faint you know and she had to like explain to me that he like was in a concentration camp and like what happens in concentration camps and like she's like doing this in like bosnian right so like i didn't know like the word i learned the word for concentration camp in bosnian before i knew it in english do you know what i mean like so it's like tidbits like that so basically like my parents are from a region called prieder which is northwest bosnia and it was one of the hardest hit regions during the war because um it's kind of in this weird uh, section of Bosnia where it's like we're really close to the Croatian border. And then there are like um, the big towns there are all like mostly Serbian dominated. But then all of the outskirt towns are like Bosnian Muslim populations. Oh, okay. My mom's from a mixed town, meaning that like every other house was Serbian, Bosnian, Serbian, Bosnian, yeah. you know. And my dad is from a town where um, he's actually like from Prijedar, but like his town is Rizvanovic. And so that's a little bit, it's like a suburb sort okay. of thing situation. So there's the like downtown, right? <laughs> and so like that's all like the Serbian. Yeah, the big city, you know. Um, and his town, um, it's called the Burdo. It's a hill. That just means hill. And it's all Muslim populations up there. And so basically what the Serbian forces did is they moved in from the bottom and just kept moving in on these towns. And like you can't, there's nowhere to run, right? Yeah. So that's why it was so hard hit geographically. Fuck. Yeah. So um, basically my parents this time in their life, they were married. They had just like built a new home, had like moved in. They had my sister, um, my oldest sister. Um, and then my, uh, she was very, very young and my mom didn't know at the time that she was pregnant with my middle sister. So, um, she, (laughs) um, the, like the war, I think like, uh, I think what a lot of people don't understand, which I didn't either is that like when war happens to people, like your daily life is still going on, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like everyone isn't gone except for soldiers yes so like my mom is like yeah things would happen like I would go to buy bread and they wouldn't sell it to me and they'd say they're out and then the person behind me is Serbian and they get bread so like things like that started happening then they asked people to turn in their weapons if anyone had guns you know um like they were starting to patrol bridges in and out of like if you were Bosnian they would like stop you like things like that were happening right And everyone was like, it's not going to be a war. It's not going to be a war. Everyone's, like, being stupid. Like, this is just, like, because, like, there's some tension right now. Like, nobody was, like, 
believing that things would happen. Mm -hmm. And so, um, basically like the, in my head, the way that like the timeline works of like my parents' story is like the day that my dad was taken to the camps because, Basically, they went to a neighbor's house and my dad says like he vividly remembers that like they went to this house and this woman like no one had like any food. So they would kind of like gather wherever they could and like kind of try to share food secretly. And like there were snipering like things going on. And so people People were like, yeah, they were like everyone's lights were off. They would just like hide in people's houses. Like they started to hear that like families around town were being like taken, you know. And so they went to this one neighbor's house and my dad is like, I vividly remember she made the thinnest pita, which is like a traditional like Bosnian um, dish. He was like, you could see through it. Like when it was fully made, you could see through it, which is like layers of filado. Yeah, it's like burek, like um, it's like rolled with like meat and like filado. So it was really, really thin. So. He's like, I vividly remember that happening. And then he was like, some people were like trying to go to the woods to like gather to see like, okay, like, should we like fight back? Should we like build like, you know, a fortress? Like, what do we do? Like the men are like got gathering in the woods. And my dad was like, I don't know what came over me, but it was like the hottest day of the summer. Oh, is this plugged in still? Oh, it's fine. Okay. I'm just making sure my thing is still. Sorry. Yeah. I sorry. Didn't mean to it's also, drop if I'm your breathing story. heavy, I'm really sorry. No, I didn't really mean to do that as you're taking a really hard about. story. I just wanted to make sure it was. I just like run out of breath and I try not to cry. So I like. I <laughs> Take your time. You know? Um, it was sorry. So yeah. So my dad is like, it was like one of the hottest days of the year. And he was like, something came over me to like put on my work boots which were like really really thick like alpinka is what they were called like they were like basically a winter boot like yeah. really really thick sturdy boots like they were very expensive and he someone had um brought them for him and he was like and then I put on my thickest winter coat because he's like I don't know I'm going to the woods like who knows what's gonna yeah. happen right and so they were sitting there and he goes you know I'm just gonna go check out what's happening like I'll be right back like in the neighborhood right and he never came back um because he was stopped on the street and there was a huge van and they just piled him into there with a bunch of other men and they told him to like lay flat down and they were like all laying on top of each other in this bus and he was like okay like I know what's I know what's happening like they're taking us to concentration camps and he's like the only way I knew what camp I was going to is that um okay it's um, very emotional yeah. he was like the only way I knew what camp I was going to is um he was like laying down and he was like I would like sneak a look out of the window there was one window that there was and he like grew up in this town right so he knows it like the back of his hand and he was like I realized what way we were going and he was like I had heard about it and he was like I knew which camp they were taking me to and then we got there and he knew um and it basically like it's actually like very lucky that that like happened to him because like a few, um, <laughs> thank you, Moki. Moki. Um, a few doors down, like basically, what they did to the family was they like took all the the men out and they made like the mom watch as like her sons and husbands were like lined up against a wall and just like shot one by one, and then uh, they right just after left he her. left, y- like a few In doors down. Yeah. Oh. And um, and then my mom, um, she just never heard from him. And so it's like nightfall. So she's like, okay, well, like, I'm not like, I guess I'll go home. Like, I don't know what to do. You know, like I have a kid, I have to go change her diaper. Like I have to, like, I'm still a mom, you know? And, um, she like goes home and she sees that there's like, 
um, like Serbians in the house. Like they were inside of the house and they basically were like, they were like, I think they were outside and they, they were like, which one is yours? And they were like, okay, like let us in to like, to see what they have to basically like, what jewelry do you have? What money, you know? And my mom was like, all I have is this diaper bag. Like if you want diapers, like you're welcome to have them. And my mom was like, I don't even, she was like, some people were like hiding jewelry and stuff. She was like, I didn't care about like any of that. Like, she's like, it just didn't even dawn on me to like do that, you know? And, um, they basically, uh, part of this I like won't share because it's like not my story to share, but basically she was like with a neighbor lady and my dad's aunt and they used to live next door to each other. My, um, aunt and my parents, uh, my dad's aunt and my parents and, they were basically like, okay, well, like, who has money then? Because we're not, like, leaving without money. And um, <laughs> they were, my aunt, I don't know, like, what came over her, but she was like, I'll take you guys next door. Just, like, leave them here. Yeah. And um, the soldiers were like, okay. And, I mean, they're, like, fully masked, like, to give you an idea, like, hiding their identity, like, all this stuff, right? And so they take the aunt over there and like, I won't describe what happened, but like effectively she was like violently assaulted. And my mom is like hearing this and she's like hearing the screams and her neighbor says to her, she goes like, we have to go. And my mom is like, no, they told us like they locked us in here. We can't go. They're going to see us. Like we can't, like we're stuck in here, you know? And her neighbor was basically like, okay, do you hear what's happening right now? It's either we leave now or that's going to happen. And my mom is like, how do I leave her knowing what's going on, you know? And the neighbor takes my sister out of my mom's arms and jumps out the window. And my mom's like, what the fuck? It's like second story over there, but like basically what would be third story here? The houses are really tall. (laughs) And my mom is like, what the fuck? Like, I'm going to break a leg if I jump out of this building. And she's like, well, I have your daughter. So you're either coming with me or you're staying in there. And so my mom jumps out the window. Jesus Christ. They run through the cornfields. They see them. And so they send snipers out there to like go hunt for basically my mom. And the other thing that was, like, happening at the same time is my mom is hearing people call her by her maiden name, that they're, like, looking for her. And my mom's like, no one knew my maiden name in this town. So she, like, recognizes one of the voices, and she, like, knows it's people from her town, which is, like, maybe, like, 30, 40 minutes away, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, this people have been looking for you, like, Minka, like, you know, like, you should go hide somewhere because, like, people have been looking for you. And my mom's like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> and she, like, um, has no idea where her family is, right? Because it wasn't like you could just call, like, no one had a cell phone or no. something, right? It's the 90s. Um, and she basically, like, that person that was, like, effectively hunting her, like, he works now at the Bureau, like, downtown, like, and she recognizes him and she sees him all the time when she goes back now and just like no consequences. Um, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's an insane story. Is um, that the person who told her that though? <laughs> no, it was somebody, she like recognized the voice cause she went to school with him. They were in the same grade. Oh, and she knew who it was. So it's like, cause she was in a mixed town. Yes. They were like, yes. Get mm-hmm. all the Bosnians. Yeah. And they had known that my mom had married into that town, but no one knew her new last name, you know? Um, 
and uh like so basically like this like goes on where my mom is like hopping between like refugee camps and like concentration camps they catch them they are like basically told like you know you guys can't stay here we're gonna send you to like these other camps in a different part of the the country right and my mom gets (laughs) dropped off there's this huge um like I don't know I guess it's a mountain range um like they basically like dropped them off at this mountain and they were like you guys have to walk to the other side because right it was like zones of like two warring sides snipering at each other right between Croatia and Bosnia what the fuck and they drop off this busload of uh people and my mom I think that when she told me I like I think we tried to convert it and like look on a map I think it was 30 miles they walked straight with like my sister in her arm and she's pregnant and doesn't know it is there alone has no one like just walks across this like basically mountain for 30 miles right on on her feet and then they get there and she's like I like where do I go kind of thing right um there's a whole other like short stories there of like she stayed with the Croatian family and like one of the guys was like in the war but they were very nice and she's like do we realize that like each of these sides is trying to kill each other but like we're you know like (laughs) we're just humans you know and like the wife was really sweet I I, like still to this day wish that my mom could like remember their names so we could like find them and stuff um and then like um my dad was basically in two concentration camps um and there's some funny stories there too um but he basically went to two concentration camps I think total it was like five and a half months and um yeah yeah and um the way they were reunited is basically so like I said all this other stuff was kind of like happening in different regions so it's not like there was just concentration camps in like a few places like there were a lot where my dad is from there were like three or four places um but it was yeah it was all over the country and um my dad like said like you know sometimes they would send like newscasters in to like be like what's going on and like film and whatever and they would be like oh it's just like a holding camp you know like whatever you know holding for what yeah exactly like they're 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 prisoners of war right but we're feeding them they show video footage of them giving them food like that those were the only days they got fed right like were the days where they're filming they're just holding these people yeah yeah they would literally give them powder to eat by the way like my dad was like really bloated when he got out and we always joke that he's like the only person that like gained weight (laughs) (laughs) but he did it right he was just bloated he didn't he lost all his muscle um but um so basically like they wouldn't even let you like get up to pee like nothing right like it was just like you were there and then every once in a while they would like pick people to like go to this thing which was ironically called the white house and basically if you went in there you didn't, didn't come, come out and my dad was and in there, there was I no think. like discretion it was yeah just it was just random yeah. and if you whatever right sometimes they would target like really educated people or like if someone talked back or like if someone had a personal thing with someone right um but my dad was in there I think he said two or three times and I don't know what he saw in there um wait so they brought people in there and not some people they would beat them sometimes sometimes they would kill them it was just like luck of the draw kind of thing and um my dad said that like the day that he thought that he was gonna die was um he basically they're dead asleep like everyone's sleeping and he just feels someone like knock his like boot and he like wakes up and he goes 
like that to him like he points to him to go outside and my dad's like okay well this is it right and he goes what kind of shoes are those and my dad's like you know the boots that he wore and um he's like what size are they and he like tells him his size and he's like okay take them off and he takes them off and gives them to him and then he goes and my dad's like is that it and he's like yeah go back to bed and for some reason I I have no idea like thank god my dad wore those shoes right (laughs) (laughs) the stupid fucking shoes right and this is why you line up for Jordans. Th- this, is, this is exactly <laughs> why you line up for Jordans. <laughs> Which is so funny because the biggest fight my dad and I ever got into was over my Jordans. <laughs> he, he desperately wanted to know how much I paid for them. I think secretly because he wanted a pair and didn't know how much they were. But we, I was like, <laughs> those are so cool. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to tell you. Why, why would you ask me how much I paid for something? You know, it's <laughs> rude. Yeah. Yeah. And like jokingly. And then he got really mad at me. And then I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like, well, now I'm really not going to tell you <laughs> Like <laughs> the most Balkan fight ever. That's um, so funny. But so, yeah. So basically like that happened. And then um, my dad is so funny. He also started like a small business and the in the concentration camp like he people were like trading and stuff for Jewish? cigarettes i know <laughs> i really think we are um i know we literally have a running joke in my family that my mom is jewish it's very funny not for racist reasons just because like we literally think that she was part of that jewish population that converted to like Islam. just to like for safety uh, uh, probably yeah, <laughs> but or for all, whatever of, all of her best friends are ashkenazi jews it is like we're a good people if if my mom knows you you're a jew like it's <laughs> you know you are good i love a jewish person like i do and pastrami hello come on bagels oh my god we should go get pastrami yep. sandwiches oh yeah let's go we should go eat your dad's feelings yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> and so um basically my dad people would like trade things and my na- dad never smoked but smoking is like very popular in bosnia and he would like um, trade. He would find cigarettes sometimes, and then trade them for food from people wow. and like snacks or other things, right? Um, and then he also like when people sometimes there would like um, be deliveries from like the Red Cross or something uh, to the camps, like clothes, shoes, whatever, right? And this was like towards the end of the war when they were starting to release people, and people also were the like, Red Cross coming to the camps. It's like that's what you're doing. You're just oh, bringing clothes to the concentration. There's camps? a great story about that too that I'll share with you. <laughs> so. Um, he basically people were like oh how are we gonna carry all this stuff you know like as if they have anything because people were like we don't have anything so they were just trying to like take as much stuff as possible right and so my dad started sewing bags with an old coat hanger that he found and like giving uh, selling the bags to people and trading things (laughs) (laughs) like it's so funny to me i Um, mean that's also so it's it's so sad trading cigarettes yeah everyone else is suppressing their appetite with cigarettes he's like like, you want a lucy yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got bad. Uh, and he ended up being his dad and him ended up in the same concentration camp and stuff too. Um, and so at least he had someone there. Um, Did his dad make it out? So this is a very funny story. So uh, my my grandpa did make it out. He's alive, but there was. Um, a very funny story about he was uh, beat one of the, the days there because, <laughs> yeah, Sorry. hilarious. Like, hilarious. Well, because the, one of the soldiers kept asking, how do you know so-and-so? And he's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. He's like, yes, you do. It's your neighbor. And they, like, kept, like, pressing on him, right? And he literally had no idea. But from my dad's town, everyone goes by nicknames. 
And so he didn't know this guy's real name. They've been friends for like 30 years. He didn't know this guy's real name. It's, I mean, I hope he got to say that to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I I thought your name was jukebox this whole time. I think it was my grandpa. Sometimes my dad like tells stories and I'm like, I hope I'm remembering everything correctly. But, um, I mean, it's still like to have that deep of a nickname. uh, Oh yeah. People like, and they're like, they're probably very good friends. Uh, There's, oh yes. And he neighbors for for the life of him has no idea that's I mean it it is so funny so um going back to the Red Cross thing too the way that um they made it out is because um one of the reporters that was there I think he was British this I've never been able to find this story anywhere but my dad has told me this once you're getting exclusive tea this is Um, crazy he visited and he was like something is not right here like none of this makes sense like they were letting like journalists in and he was like I'm going to come back another day, you know, and yeah, they were like fudging the news, right? Literally fake news. And I don't know how he got this, but apparently the reason that this concentration camp that my dad was in was found out about what they were doing and why uh, other countries got involved is because this reporter came back with a watch that had a secret camera recorder in it. And he that was a real journalist. Uh huh. And he came back and he recorded stuff and he like showed it to people. And so then quickly after that, it got shut down and they let people send one letter to people. Everybody got in the camp. Everyone got one letter. And my dad's like, which address would I send it to? Everyone's yeah. either been killed or, you know, you don't know where they are. You don't know where like, they are. I don't know where to find more, right. more of us. My dad, who has the worst memory of anybody who I've ever met in my life, by the way, he remembered, (laughs) yeah, yeah. but he remembered my mom's dad. So my grandpa on my mom's side, he used to work in Austria because that was very common back then. You would like work other places, come home for the weekend. Austria. Yeah. Austria. Austria. Sorry. uh, Austria. Um, With the the accent. Austria. Um, and he had a, like a little apartment there. Right. So he lived there during the week, come home on the weekends. Right. Probably second family. Who knows? Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. Love you, grandpa. He's dead. Um, so for some reason, my dad, who has never, like, I think he went there maybe once or something. He was like, the only way I remembered it is I closed my eyes and I thought about the number on the door and I wrote down the address and I just prayed that it it got there and it got there. And my dad goes and finds uh, my grandpa goes and finds my mom at this constant at this like uh, refugee camp and my mom had like slowly started finding family members and stuff so she right? made him be reunited camp. yes which is like basically the same thing but a little better um and yes just she, a better pr <laughs> yeah agent. literally yeah. and she um my grandpa's like i got a letter like he's alive and my mom's like that's from months ago like there's no way there's not a chance Right. And so then they tell the people there, they're like, they're going to start releasing people from the camps. Everyone can go like, wait and see who gets released. And they release people by generation. So like the oldest people get let out first and then the youngest people get let out last. And my dad was part of the youngest generation. He was actually my age when he was in the concentration camps. And my mom is like waiting, waiting. There's no one coming. She's like, everybody's out of there. Like, you know, she's just like, it's over, right? And my dad, this is how poetic life is, okay? <laughs> he is the last person, the literal last person to walk out of the camp and he closed the door. And then they were 
on the first plane that came to Seattle. It was them and one other family and then a bunch of other single people. They were, it was the first group that they were allowing to come to Seattle. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like absolutely bonkers. Imagine getting out of a concentration camp and they're like, don't worry. Yeah. We're going to Seattle. <laughs> no, it's actually, <laughs> my parents were screwed over. That's really? why they ended up in Seattle. Were there other places? So <laughs> this is I how. Just, I was just talking shit on Seattle. War, war I mean, is, that is beautiful. Yeah. War is I mean, the totally biggest moneymaker that you can think of for yeah. people. It's disgusting. It's just, it's absolutely disturbing. Um, also, let me know. I'm talking so much, but if you have questions, let no, me know. No, I'm just taking um, it in. This, you're a great storyteller. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I have almost cried a few times and really <laughs> tried to suck it back. Yeah, I know, me too. Um, but so basically what happens is um, when you are applying for amnesty, you are supposed to get help to get placed somewhere. And the people that get prioritized are families because it's harder to p- place a bigger group of people. That's right? right. That's why you come and your wife. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> why a bunch of people were like rushing to get married, basically. Oh, my <laughs> God. Because they were like get, trying to go places. Oh, my God. Right? It's like all the people who are trying to get fake yeah. illnesses to get the vaccine. So, I mean, the war is still raging on. Right. That's and so crazy. it's like. Are there still people in some camps? Um. Yes. Yes. Um, And so basically what happened is my parents were in this um, refugee camp in Croatia and the person who was working there with the Red Cross, he was a translator and they had told everyone like, hey, the first people to go will be families. So like single people hold on tight will be it'll be easier to place you. Right. And as if life hasn't been hard enough. Uh, on single people, yeah. Um, I'm 40, <laughs> I'm single, I'm in a refugee camp. Um, but so basically, um, it, like, a long time goes by. And my parents are like, what the hell? Like, we're the only family left here. Like, what's going uh, on, right? And basically, a bunch of people had paid this translator to place them. Like, all the single people, all the families, everything, right? scumbags. And my parents were just, like, you know, my parents love them to death, but they are the most honest people that I've ever met. And they were just, like, what's going on? Like, they were confused, you know? And my mom, I love her so much because this is exactly, like, there are so many stories that are just, like, this is how feisty she is. And this is the probably only reason my family has survived anything (laughs) is she goes up to the translator guy and she goes, "What, what the hell is this? Like, why are we, why are we here? Like, we have a meeting every week. You're supposed to go to the meeting every week. They say who got their assignments, right? And it was becoming really bleak because there were, like, Germany was rejecting people. You could only be there for six months. Everyone who had gone there was, like, getting kicked out already. The only options left were, like, Norway. And my mom's like, I'm not going to fucking Norway. She was, like, even, even hungry, like, no clothes, no shelter, anything. She's like, I'm not living in the snow. I'll stay in the camp. You know, she's like, yeah. She literally was That's like, I'll stay. so funny. It's hilarious. And then... The I will other, not live in the snow. The <laughs> other option was Australia. And all she knows about Australia is like, is that it's on the end of the earth. She was like, what, what's the, the end of the earth? Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to Australia. Like it takes over 24 hours to get to Bosnia from you Australia. Been raised in Australia. I know, but thank God I didn't. Yeah. Um, and too many snakes. Um, but she, um, <laughs> so she says to the guy, she goes, I'm bringing my kids to the next meeting because at the meeting is the other Red Cross people who don't speak Bosnian. Right. Yeah. And so she says, I'm bringing my kids to the meeting and he goes, no, no, no. 
like I promise I'll get you placed don't bring them and she goes no no I'm gonna get them placed and I'm gonna remember everything that you're saying in English because I might not understand it now but when I learn English in a couple years I'm gonna remember every single thing that you said and I'm gonna haunt your life (laughs) like this is what my mom my mom like told her she was like I will haunt you dude and so I'm going to tell everyone yes so they show up and immediately my mom sees the lady go over to him and be like pointing at them and being like why are they still here like she could figure out that they were fuming at him like my family was literally the last family like in that whole like camp region everything there were everybody else was single what the fuck and so the lady comes over and um my mom said to him too she's like you better translate everything i say correctly or i will fuck you up was basically what she said to him and they tell go, her i said that yeah 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 she was like come on and so the lady was like well where do you guys want to go and my mom's like i don't know you know what are the options hawaii yeah what are the like there's literally you don't get to is pick. fiji taking refugees so, get me the fuck well, out of here someone has to sponsor you so my parents are like, where can we go? Like, yeah. what are the options? Who's, who's taking new yeah. teammates? And all my dad said was, listen, guys, at this point, we don't care. We need to get out of here. Like, where is it going to be best for my two little girls? Because at that point, my other sister had been born in the camps. And so it was my oldest sister and her. And they were young. They were babies. Okay. And so um, they they say that. And, the guy, and one of the guys that was helping goes, I think we're, we, we want to – a plane just opened up for Seattle. Do you guys want to go to Seattle? And my parents are like, we don't know. We've never heard of Seattle. We don't know Seattle, what that is. We'll right? Go. They're like, it's in America. They go, okay. And so my dad finds a map at, like, an old school that was there. And my mom had never been on a plane, but my dad used to fly for work. He used to work in Algeria. So he knew the distance. Your dad worked in That's Algeria? That's a whole other story. Well, well, we'll have Best to have years back. of his life, if you ask him. Um, so <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we once asked him, you we were like, what's the best year of his life? He said before any of us were born, before he met my mom, it was when he was working in I Algeria. I flew planes to Algeria. Yeah. So he was like, <laughs> I know this distance is this long from here because he used to fly from Croatia. So he's like from Croatia to Algeria it was this long. So he takes a string and he's like, okay, so this to here is this long and this to America is this long. Right. And he goes, this is so, he's like, I hope I'm reading this right. Like he says to my mom, he goes, but like, so they're going to take us from Croatia to Vienna and then from Vienna to New York. And he's like that, like plane ride is going to be just as long from New York to Seattle, basically. He's, they were just like, oh, fuck, we're going really far away. And my mom goes, you're fucking crazy. Like, there's no way that across the ocean it's the same as America. Like, America can't be that big. Nobody thought <laughs> the U.S. was that big. In Europe, she was the like, U.S. on maps is, yeah, like, this big? Yeah, they're, they're like, there's no way it's going to take that long. And he's, and my dad, this is how he is, he goes, okay. Like, he's like, you're, you're, like, I don't care. Like, he's like, fine, we'll see how long it takes, I relate right? to your dad. I would go, yeah, yeah, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. And sure enough... <laughs> It was like my mom side eye on the plane. My mom said when they landed, she was like, if I could have walked home, I would have walked home because they go to Vienna. And by the way, they saw Bill Cosby there. The the first time my mom ever saw a black person, it was Bill Cosby at the Vienna airport. Wow. (laughs) Crazy. And And that's the only black person that's ever been in the Vienna airport. Yeah. And, and 
Just we kidding. Were, we were huge Cosby fans, by the way. Oh, yeah. Huge. Like, we, my parents were like, we know that guy. And I was like, no, you don't. And they were like, we know we that guy. Know that he guy. was performing in a glass cage at the Vienna airport, like, filming something. It, I can't what? even. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, so they make them stay overnight in New York with their paperwork, right? And then um, you go from New York to Seattle. And then that's how they landed. And then we were joking about the firework booms and how Moki was afraid of those and stuff. Yeah. Well, so Seafair is a huge event in Seattle. I don't know if you've heard of this. No. But they basically take fighter jets and they do aerial shows. And my parents. Oh, God. My parents. <laughs> fresh out of a war. Are fresh out of a war, staying with a crazy sponsor who told them that they can't leave the house because her son is crazy. So they shouldn't walk around very much. And they put she put them in her attic. And then what in the fuck? That's a whole other story. We could have a whole yeah, other podcast. You should this. You should do a whole podcast. Just yeah. Dissecting all of this. But they they do fighter. The fighter jets start flying over. Everything's like shut down. Right. And my parents are like, it's starting like the war is here. It's, it's starting. W- we, it's yeah. inescapable. Yeah. We'll never be free. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That's long so winded story. But then they ended up on the richest part of <laughs> Washington Mercer Island shout out um and started from the bottom now we hear not so difficult not so difficult on refugees you know I mean that's the long story short (laughs) damn well so how has like do your parents speak English now yes yeah also my dad has an excellent vocabulary which I think is so yeah he wanted to learn a word a day that's and so cute. he would learn a new word every day, which is really cute. Wow. Yeah. Am I doing that with Duolingo? Yeah. <laughs> well, he would take the English classes and then he would teach them to my mom. So I'm sure something got lost in translation, but because they were work, like my mom would work nights and my dad would work during the day. Do they, cr- do they cuss? Oh, do they cuss funny? Oh yeah. Dude, my favorite thing was <laughs> this kid in uh, high school moved over from Russia named Elia. And he just would say the fu- like the funniest comment, mother bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. I mean, Best. my dad. My favorite thing is when he swears in English. He says fucking shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like he doesn't say shit. He says shit. Um, shit. And my mom would always be honest about swearing. My dad too, but really, my mom and my mom swears like a sailor. Like you should hear this woman. Like especially in Bosnian. But I'm like, she's worse than all of us. Like that's I do parents are fucking hypocrites yeah we don't yeah. fucking swear in this family exactly like that's yeah that's literally it yeah and my dad he like doesn't mind as much anymore but he hates the word piss like Damn. if you say i'm pissed off he would always be like no swearing and i'm like dad that's not swear that's weird <laughs> that's a fucking isn't that funny such a specific thing right I'm like, what, what happened to you yeah <laughs> you know what are they yeah what were they doing with piss you know um, so ugh. Yeah. Um, wait, so is that even, is that still like, did that come to an end? So great question. Um, so you asked about the U.S. involvement and stuff. So this was a pretty controversial, um, thing because, um, I don't know if you remember, but shortly after the Bosnian War, um, there was a genocide in Rwanda. I loosely remember hearing like, yeah, exactly. I don't so, even know if I was old enough to understand what genocide meant. Uh, yeah. I remember when I f- literally thought euthanasia just meant Asian kids. It, th- and it does. And I was like, what's wrong yes. with the euthanasia? 
I don't know why it's a problem. And I'm not, I'm sure this is like yeah. a dad joke that somebody's made. I literally, you literally th- heard it. Thought as that. That. I yeah. was like, no, I know you words. were so young that I wouldn't expect you yeah. to like, remember, you know? Um, and when I was in school, they had like, I think just started teaching about Rwanda and I was fascinated by it because the way that they taught us about it was by saying that the U S and other countries fucked up so bad in Bosnia that they stepped in quicker on Rwanda, still not quickly enough, but they fucked up so bad that they were like, that they were like there's we can't another do that genocide. Again. We can't do this. We can't again. wait. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, they like were oh, good. I'm glad we got to be the lesson you learned. Yeah. It, w- it was not great. Their involvement. Mm. Obviously, the UN really, really fucked up. Um, what took so long? I Does think it was know? just that people couldn't believe that what was happening. And also think about like journalism was so different where it's not like we're getting instant news, right? Yeah. It was other people spinning journalistic stories to other countries. Yeah. Right? And it's like, I mean, if you're like with what you're saying with a journalist showing mm-hmm. up and then being like, These mm-hmm. are, this is just what this yeah. is. It's part of war. And I think acting like it's totally normal. And I also think the concept of a modern refugee was so different where like, I think when people thought of immigrants, they thought like Ellis Island immigrants, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and like, oh, you're Italian or whatever. Right. I don't think that anybody understood like what it meant to be a modern refugee. Yeah. You know, and I and I hate to like use that term, but I think people and countries I not dismissing this. I think people knew what was going on and just didn't. I think they fucked up and didn't step in. Right. Yeah. But I also think there was a there is a case to be made for like people didn't really understand how to handle this displaced population yeah because it's like yeah we want to help but like where yeah. do we put everybody yeah because i think about that yeah. all the time is that like yeah i would love to mm-hmm. I-, I would love to let a refugee stay mm-hmm. here yeah or sponsor someone but like where i know and like the people that sponsored my parents it was like through a church you know so it was a lot of just like good-hearted people this is why like i always am like religion is good sometimes because like if it wasn't for that church and my parents are still friends to this day with uh, most of those people um except for the actual person that sponsored them was an evil witch um she's actually like um, abused them like it's like yeah and i didn't realize that until literally this year when i my friend was introducing me to her mom and they're also Bosnian. And she goes, yeah, uh, like Ariana's family has a really rough story. Like their sponsor r- abused her parents and no one had ever framed it like that. For Dude, me. that's what that's how it abuse. Like the realization of yeah. abuse happens to so many people Yeah, that people go like, wow, I can't believe I'm so sorry you were abused. And you go, oh, oh, that's, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. No, literally. Oh, it, it and it, like similarly, we were talking about like realizing that you've gone through trauma. Yeah. Um. My dad only this year said to me, he goes, I think I had PTSD when we first got here. Had. I was like, he's under the yeah. table. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, da- yes. Yeah, of course <laughs> you did. He goes, and I was also probably a little depressed. And I go, a little, a little? <laughs> like, I, you know, because they didn't have the words for it. Yeah. And well, that's what I wonder, too, is that like what it yeah. what is and maybe that shifted. And I don't know if it's different, like Bosnian American, but even because mm-hmm. you had said at the beginning of this, you know, I wish they'd had the resources. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your parents would have utilized the resources? That's the other difficult question, right? Because parents, it's, it's not so part of our culture. It's not part of their generation. It's not even really, I think it's only now starting to become part of my generation. You know, yeah, I mean, it was like, I, I think a lot of our parents, you yeah. know, therapy, what are you oh crazy? Well, I have this, like one of the biggest things for me to reckon with, like, I haven't had a very traumatic life, thank God. Like, thank God that I will probably never go through what my parents went through. 
like for real but I and I don't mean this to like sound dramatic but like my parents lives have deeply affected the way that I live mine and I'm only now understanding that at close to 30 and it's been a very difficult um like reconciliation of like not feeling like guilt or resentment about that you know and like there's things where it's like oh I have anxiety because of like this is how I was raised and this is what I think happens if you do this you know or like it's very different to be raised out of uh, fear than it is out of love and I don't blame my parents at all and they were excellent parents um but there's some things you can't control well that you you know you know I think everyone yeah I think most people with parenting do the best they can and of course that's why that you know there's so much research being done and so much talk now more about generational trauma and how like yeah yeah like if you're raised by someone who is afraid of everything yeah you're going to be afraid (laughs) of everything yeah exactly and whereas you know so much anxiety that you might have or that even you know they say so much of anxiety in a lot of people who maybe even aren't being raised by you know in that Mm -hmm. circumstance is like our brain in, in it's like animalistic reacting to like these, yes. these pri- like primal fears. But even though they're not there, we still have yeah. this thing. But then you add in being raised by people who right. are like, I saw this happen. Yeah. Like, and it, it like kills me that it's like th- my parents whole life is different because of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they will just never get over that. And there's nothing that I can do. And you feel a lot of responsibility like as their kid to like help them. Yeah. And to like not give up on them and to like coach them through things. And like you end up becoming a parent emotionally in some ways. Which is which is hard. And it, like. It, yeah. Yeah. Being parentified. Yes. At an fucks early you age. up in certain ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or yeah. you know it definitely sets you up to be a certain way. Yeah. And I relate to that deeply it's not the same yeah. but like i mean we've talked about this before like, yeah my mom was just mentally ill because <laughs> yeah like no but it's uh, like a similar thing you know and i think it's also like i had this like really big moment with my mom a couple years ago because she would always be on me about like how i like burn myself out and i don't take care of myself and i get like really tired and then I like crash and like I never do anything nice for myself and she's like uh, the way she would do is like she would always be on me about like um doing like uh my nails or my hair or like going getting getting a massage and I just have never liked doing that stuff and um she like kept pushing this and I finally like realized and I said it out loud to her for the first time I was like mom do you understand that the reason that I can't do any of those things for myself is because I never saw you do any of that for yourself growing up and she kind of had this big moment and I was like mom I like I'm very fearful of doctors and she also like makes me she will make me make my appointment to go to the doctor and I go mom like you always like have chronic health issues and you won't ever like go to the chiropractor go to the doctor this bothers you like you have this issue like you never go and get a massage even though you feel so much better when you go do it like I still have to call and book her massages but at least she'll go now 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And she like slowly like the after that, like a couple months later, she was like, well, I made my yearly checkup. And then like after that, she was like, so I'm going to go to the massage. And then like after that, it she's was the like, most luxurious. She woman got her nail. Yeah. And then she booked a vacation for her. She and quits my her dad. job. <laughs> I mean, like little stuff no, like that yeah. really is important to me because like my parents don't I hate to say this like this. It's going to sound really fucked up. But like my parents don't have much to live for. So at least live these years for yourself, you know? They have a lot to live for. Yeah, but I just mean, like, they shouldn't have to worry anymore. You know? <laughs> like, that's what kills me is I want them to just be able to, like, take a deep breath and relax. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But then, like, that's so... You're <laughs> the sweetest human on earth. <laughs> but also, I think that, like, her worrying about that stuff for you... Yeah. Is like I, I mean, it's an act of love for really. sure. I yeah. could be wrong, but yeah. even her like starting to do that for herself, a is good. But God, it's like fucked up how we, yeah, just as a species, <laughs> or I don't know if it's specifically a woman thing, like yeah, want everyone else to be okay. Yes, but they're like, no, I have enough. Oh. But like, you're not taking care of yourself enough. That is my mom. But also, like, I think yeah. if she saw that you were doing stuff like that, yeah. Because I think it's like, oh, no, why am I going to cry? Yeah. <laughs> Every parent. Yeah. My understanding is I just have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't want to speak out of yeah. turn. I, I think that, like, their life's work or goal or when it all is, like, said and done. Yeah. Before they hit the bucket. Get to get out of here. Yeah. Lucky ducks. <laughs> Take a vacation. Um, they want to know that their kids are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like. That's where all my s- guilt comes well, from. Especially though. when you're going after yeah. an unconventional dream. And I can't <sighs> imagine the extra guilt that comes from being oh, yeah. the child of people who like really had to fucking, you know. Yeah. Put the fucking yeah. nose to the grindstone and just get a job and like, you yeah. know, build up a new life after you've gone through such crazy trauma. But like. I, I guess it's just like I think it takes a certain you like I think I could be wrong. I don't know your mom and you'll probably be like, no, she'll never relax yeah, about yeah, this t- yeah, t- no. type of thing. But like yeah. <laughs> as you start to like advance in your career and in yeah. your life and, and your sisters as well, I think yeah. I would predict that more and more they calm down because they realize like, yeah, oh, I didn't because it's like. You got to as a parent in general, but let alone coming out of a situation like that, go like, yeah. God, is my trauma going to, am I going to fuck up? Oh, yeah. Because I'm fucked up. And but then like seeing like you turned out great. Uh, you know, I, and it is funny because like I do, I do wonder if my parents think about it in those terms. Like I feel like modern parenting is like so new of like, oh, well, we do this and we talk through this feeling like this. Like <laughs> parents didn't know what to there were people that was not things. like that when we were growing no, up. No, it was know? do what I told you and because yeah. I said so. And I think like the biggest thing for my parents was like they all really wanted us to finish school. Yeah. And I remember like the worst years of my life, like 
the absolute worst were during college like I was really oh my god I was so miserable I was so depressed I was like wanting to take a year off I mean I graduated college at 20 uh, do you, uh, does anyone know what they want to do at 20 years old if you do congrats. I have friends my age that I went to college with that that's still don't know what yes. they fucking do and I remember I was so miserable the first year of college I hated my university there was just nothing I was interested in there I was always like it, trying to like find a logical way to be creative and it just never made sense in my head That's you know such a funny sen- like yeah. trying to find a logical way to be I creative. wanted to be pragmatic right yeah. because I was like that's what I learned growing up and my oldest sister is a lawyer my middle sister is a teacher and I think that my um it, like independence and maybe which like i'm so type a that it's funny to me that i'm the one with the alternative lifestyle yeah uh yeah i get (laughs) it you know um but i remember i told my mom i was like i want to take a year off of school and figure out what i can do and she lost her shit she was like guys this is the most like uh, balkan like immigrant parent shit to do she goes guys like they had like a family meeting without me (laughs) And she's like, an intervention. She's like, Ariana's depressed. She's going to quit school. We can't let that happen. Like, she has to finish school. She's like, I think she just needs a break. I'm booking us a vacation. Like, <laughs> like my mom didn't understand that. Like, y- yes, I was really burnt out. I was working three jobs. Like, I yeah. was tired. But also, like, I think my mom was just like, well, you'll just find something to like, right? Like, you'll find, like, a major that you like and, like, you know? And, like, I was at the place in my life where I was, like, oh, I'm going to be unhappy for the rest of my life. Yeah, you're, like, that's that's yeah. that's life. Yeah, like, I just can't. I'm in these handcuffs that I feel like I'm just, like, operating in guilt mode, you know? And I remember when we, like, uh, finally, like, uh, all of us had, like, graduated and finished school. And then my sisters went back. And, like, one sister did a master's. Another one obviously got a, a JD. Um, but I, I like, my parents were just, like, so proud, and they were, like, crying, and I just kind of felt like I checked that box, you know, um, and I know that we're supposed to, like, do things for ourselves and stuff, and I'm happy, like, I always wanted to go to college and stuff, but, like, really most of it was for for them, them, um, and, like, going to that university that I, like, hated and, and stuff, um, and then, like, last year, actually, went to Bosnia, and, um, I don't know. I've never heard like my parents are proud of me and I've always known that. But like, I think it's so awkward to tell your kids that you're proud of them. <laughs> like, you know, like I wish it was. It's like yeah. it's not actually But to actually say the words like I'm so proud of you. is like so awkward to me. And and we were sitting in the car. It wouldn't be if you were a little kid. I know. Yeah. yeah. Little kids fucking shit in the toilet for the first time. Yeah, and parents and go, I'm so proud I of know. you. But yeah. God forbid you be like, good job, yeah. grown adult. <laughs> right. Because I think it's just kind of, like, unspoken. Like, I've always known that my parents are really proud of us, you know? Yeah. And they've always said, like, we're s- you worked so hard. Like, congrats. Like, it was your effort. You know, like, things like that, yeah. right? Um, but we were sitting in the car, and it was, like, me and my sisters and my dad. It was just the four of us. And then my mom was in the other car with, like, her brother, sister, and our aunt. And we kind of, like, split the cars up that way so she would get some alone time with her family. And my dad was kind of having a rough, a rough time. And, um he just like we're driving and we're sitting there and he goes oh I just don't know I'm just so proud of you guys like I just feel so lucky that I have you three and I was just 
you know, I'd never really heard him express that before. And my dad is like really emotional and sentimental. Like he's not like a stoic guy at all. But even so, like him just like randomly saying that he was like, your mom and I just love you guys so much. (laughs) I'm like, you know, like they're like my parents wanted to be parents so bad. And that's who should be parents. (laughs) And that's who should be parents. I've never felt that bone in my body. But (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm just not if you're on the fence about it. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I mean, like, at least to me, it's like, at least they didn't have like shitty kids, you know, like at least they got that. That That it's like, it's also when you think of these stereotype of people being like comedians. Yeah. It's shitty. You're the best case scenario (laughs) of a kid wanting to be a comic. People that, like, you always, actually work hard, yeah. you actually, and that's why you're going to go far is because you approach yeah. it from, like, a logical... I mean, yeah. being logically creative yeah. is, like... Yeah, you can just be creative yeah. illogically, but good fucking yeah. luck. I don't want to be a starving artist, though. I think that's done, you know? No, <laughs> like, also so rude to yeah. have parents <laughs> who are in concentration camps and then be like, I'm a starving artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. are you? Oh, you're living... Yeah, okay, it's, I was starving this once. This is so funny to me because it's, like... You know, it, other comedians will, like, uh, see the relationship I have with my parents. And, like, I'm not saying everything's perfect, right? But, like, we have a really good relationship. And they'll be like, how? Like, what? Like, you know, and I'm just like, you like, the, when people complain about their parents, the stuff they complain about, I'm like, it sounds like they were just trying to have a rule oh, for no, you to, you I, to be well, safe. Some people complain about, like, really normal things. Shit, yes. I'm like, shit that is just, like, they are just parenting There's you know? a lot of times where I'm like, it kind of sounds like yeah. you're uh being a big fucking baby. Yeah. They're like, oh, my mom called me. I'm like, go fuck yourself. She probably looks forward to that phone call every single fucking week. Yeah. Like I, uh, some people, I mean, some people really have trauma around their parents. You know, if my mom calls me, something has gone terribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, other people can go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Which just really shows you how relative, I guess, yeah. trauma is. That it's like totally. That's a really good point. Like, oh, your your parents don't like love, yeah, the, the apartment you live in or right. something. Like, right, they don't really care for the person I'm dating. Yeah, they they paid for your sister's thing, but not you. Yeah, I'm just like grow. Everybody grow up, like, dude. You the, know? I remember realizing, dude, when I realized I had a friend who used to fucking go on and on about her mom and her mom is a little fucking yeah but she would just tear into really talking about her fine sure have a hard relationship yeah and then i realized her mom was paying her rent and i was like you're out of your fucking mind no way you're out of your fucking mind this is the shit that kills me jessica is how fucking ungrateful yes which like that doesn't mean that they should control your life no but But it's like pick your battles yeah i mean Just fucking draw a boundary okay, or make we, enough money to not. I know this is a little unrelated, but it's my whole life. How many, <laughs> how many comics here have somebody else paying their bills? I think you should have to wear a scarlet letter. I think you should. I think it would actually be beneficial to the mental health of everyone for people to find yes. out. Actually, that person's not crushing it. I, I, they make no money. Yeah. Someone is paying their rent. I don't care if someone else is paying your shit, but just tell me. Yeah, I'm not going to judge you. Good for you. Yes, Take congrats. advantage of that circumstance. Yeah. I hope you work really hard and you get to go as far as you possibly can because you can dedicate yeah. all your time to working hard on this. But like, Because you don't have to worry about surviving. The people I see who are full-time comics, I'm like... They've never... They're not even getting paid to do comedy. I go, I book more shows than them. How are they full-time comics? Yeah. I'm like, are we... Am I missing a piece? Like, what is happening? Yeah. It's fucking insane. 
Yeah. Like I had to work my ass off to like yeah. make all like make all my money doing stand up and then like even last year going through a breakup and being like, Oh, I'm gonna have to absorb all of the bills that I was only paying half and of and adjusting your lifestyle to basically like I mean, you're you work so hard, I, you're a workaholic, but like even just like knowing that you don't have that safety net is a huge like you just have you. Yeah, like I don't think and it's not even necessarily these people's fault. But yeah. people who have a parent that at the end of the day, if they couldn't pay their rent, yeah, or if they needed to be bailed out financially, they could just call. Yeah. You will never those people will never understand like the just innate like deep anxiety and fear that comes from having to be on your own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm glad i I, yeah. I wish no one had to feel that way right. i wish everyone felt like you've been on your own a long time though too which i think is it like a which burns you out yes yeah well and then it, i mean that also fucks you up in different ways because at, at a certain point you start being like i can't well you I have can't trust trouble anyone. accepting help from other people i've noticed um <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed that i didn't notice i didn't know that um, was a thing. which i think is like a common thing right oh yeah but it's what are we about to be murdered what the hell was what that? was that is there a fucking that was freaky that no? was creepy um yeah no that i mean you can be uh so independent whether you know i could say like whether by choice mm-hmm. but it's like uh I loved one time my mom being like, you were just so independent as a kid. I was like, no one was here. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I Um, had to be. But like that it becomes detrimental because at the end of the day, like you not, I don't think anyone can really get, uh, no one can reach their Mm -hmm. full potential. I'll say that you can live fine. You cannot reach your full potential of whatever that means Mm -hmm. without help. Well, like immigrant families, I feel like have the opposite issue a lot of the time where there's so much codependence. So like me deciding to move, for example, was a decade long battle. Like, oh, yeah. it, do you know what I mean? Like your family's like, no, who will cook for you well, no, it's, when you're too yeah, tired from working? Yeah, literally. A- and I'm just like, and let me tell you, it's not me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it's Moki. I failed you as a uh, substitute um, mom. It, but it's just like, you know, they just worry. That's yeah. what it is. It's worry. Right. And it's a sweet sentiment. But it also, um, I've seen so many kids just be incapacitated by that, you know. Oh, and yeah. In some ways. Well, you can't break, break uh, out of it. Right. And in some ways, I feel that I'm, like, incredibly mature and ahead. Like, I always felt like I didn't really get kids my age when I was, like, in high school, for yeah. example. Like, yeah. I i had friends like but i was never really I've like 45 since i was eight same i'm like <laughs> i i literally my friends were my teachers <laughs> oh, yeah. and i you know was i would always like me and my sisters would always sit with the adults at the table just like quietly listening like we were very like curious kids yeah we would just like you know whatever um, we would like play with other kids but most of the time it was just me and our parents you know yeah and um and then like as I got older, like now I feel like all my friends are catching up to like how I was have been yeah. right. And then and then in other ways, I feel like like I feel like emotionally mature and mentally mature in a lot of ways. But then I'm like technically a late bloomer when we look at the stuff that traditionally makes you independent at a younger age. Like I didn't move out at 18. I didn't, you know, yeah. like whatever. Right. But like it's so funny like you know not trying like marijuana or alcohol or like whatever right and people being like oh you're such a nerd and I'm like now all my friends are sober like yeah you, know? <laughs> like, yeah, you missed the window yeah. of like party They're yes like, yeah so like nobody yeah. drinks anymore 
because I was gonna yeah. try a glass of wine. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like I'm in this like weird um, phase in my life where, like, I finally feel like I'm picking myself. Yeah. And and I'm not associating the guilt with it. Good. But I'm also like I feel like the like nerdy kid that's like, should we like hang do out? We? Yeah. <laughs> should we do cigarettes? yeah how about cocaine no i'm kidding that was the only thing my mom said to me and i was like i'm gonna like really go for comedy i'm gonna move to la and i'm gonna like go for it she's like well just you know don't get don't become like a a cocaine addict that's so. that was it it it. and i was like that's it that's so funny i still i still don't think my parents fully uh, understand that i'm going for (laughs) yeah no i wonder i mean for some people for in one way or another it does end up being a phase but i wonder how many parents when, right. when their kid does this, they go, well, they'll grow up. Well, I don't know they'll if your mom's back. ever they'll seen you perform. It took my mom seeing the headline for her to, like, yeah. feel okay. Like, right. she didn't, she never voiced. Yeah. I mean, I knew that there had to be some sort of, like, why is she a fan? I'm the fucking, I'm the, oh, I'm the anchor of the children. I'm the, yes. yeah. I'm the, the stable one. The gifted child who, yeah. you know, does everything and can yeah could in theory do anything i don't say that in like a but it's like isn't I was it freeing to be the clown yeah i'm like what you a know? bummer that it's like this kid is our <laughs> fucking she could cure Hurrah. i think she could cure cancer yeah. i'm gonna be a clown um but yeah. it took her seeing me to go like oh you're gonna you're well you're gonna be successful the reason i ask is because like um my parents, I think, all, would, they would, like, come to some shows and stuff that were, like, you know, whatever, showcase sets and yeah. things. Um, and sometimes it'd be difficult for them to, like, hear some jokes and stuff. But, like, I think my parents, like, truly recently, the last time they saw me, they were really, like, oh, wow, like, we actually get it. Were you headlining? Yeah. That's what it was. My, my first time my mom saw me was yeah. short set, and she got mad from the crowd and yelled out. Uh, That's hilarious. Like, but sorry go ahead no that's so funny but it was like she saw me when she saw me headline a show that okay so the time before that i've told jesus trejo this story but i featured for him when he came to seattle and it was like the first set that my parents had seen of me in a very long time and they come and i have like a killer set you know i do all this stuff and i think that was like a moment for them where they were like oh she's really she has something you know she's like working hard on this she's not a fucking idiot yeah she's not just like bumbling on stage right But after the show, they loved Jesus. Yeah, their favorite comedian. Their favorite comedian. My mom doesn't laugh out loud. She was literally slapping her leg. They were having a margarita. Like, it was like, yeah. And after the show, I go, what did you guys think? And they go, he was hilarious. Do you want me to get you his merch? (laughs) That's, they asked if you wanted them to buy you his merch. Which is so sweet, right? They were like, do you want to remember this show? Right, but That's they cute. didn't. Th- I was like, I I featured for and him. Like, I think did you, I what did you think of his openers? Yes. Did you guys know that that was me? And or also, he has he he you know is from an immigrant family too, and so it was really like there's probably yeah. a little bit of relatability. But or yeah, and then when they saw me headline, I don't know if I shared this with you when I came back, but um, my dad the next day, like I see him and he's like, oh my god, like you wrote all of that, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, you were up there for an hour. It's like, uh-huh. He goes, I can't believe that. <laughs> I was 
just like it's like very sweetly being like i'm so proud of you like i can't so cute. believe that like you that came from you you know and he's like to watch you just up there alone like do and they invited all their friends oh my you god know? like so cute and now That's my mom so will cute. like text me every time someone like asks about it. oh yeah no my mom if i'm somewhere she tells her friends because she's like it's her way of being proud of you though yeah. right don't you think oh for sure yeah. i mean there is a little bit of yeah whatever it's she's proud of me can i ask you this do you think that you doing comedy has mended your relationship with your mom in some ways or shown you a different light with her i think me doing comedy has made my relationship with my mom like the best it's gonna be Mm. but i but i think some of that is because me doing comedy has allowed me to expand my existing ability to like find ways to laugh at things and process yeah okay uh but also when you do the thing you love that's such there's such a weight off of your life even when it's stressful you know that like <sighs> yeah the difference in if i had just done something to do it mm-hmm. to be like well i'll just clock get in, this clock job out. clock in that i think that would seep into all parts of my life and mm-hmm. i think because i chose to follow the thing i love mm-hmm. and because it's worked out I, I work really hard and things have lined up and it's not always easy there's mm-hmm. days it's stressful but then, you know, I'm also grateful to have days where I can, like, laugh about the fact that it is stressful. I got stressed out <laughs> writing a bunch of roast about a fat man with no shirt on. You know, like, yeah. oh, the deadline, you know, yeah. like, oh, that's what I get to be stressed about. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But but like doing like taking especially getting to a place where I'm like, OK, I, I'm surviving. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where I go, am I going to be fine? But yeah, you're living a- your dream. Yeah. And like that, I think, opens anyone up to like have more space to like heal and like <sighs> that's a good point yeah yeah and can i also ask you this i you don't have to answer this i've just never it felt comfortable an interview <laughs> i've never felt comfortable asking this but now that there's a camera yeah. on and we're recording. well i'm wondering um did your dad ever get to see you perform before he passed do you think he saw like a clip of you on something or anything maybe um mm. I shouldn't have asked that maybe no it's okay um he uh I also want everyone to know that we cried to Taylor Swift last night in my bed (laughs) I (laughs) cry all the time um he started following my Facebook fan page in like 2018 (laughs) I think and I banned him from my page really yeah um you needed to do that at the time yeah and then um he sent me a friend request Probably in like May of 2020. Mm-hmm. I just ignored it. These are all like random reach outs kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't say anything. And I like mm-hmm. talked to my therapist about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't send a message. He didn't even go like, hey, I know this is weird. I didn't. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry. And then like the Facebook fan page thing, I kind of just felt I was so angry at my dad mm-hmm. that like, um, I was like, you don't get to just like watch my life. Yeah. Or I was like, oh, oh, this is my boundary, my digital boundary. Yeah. That I was like, yeah. oh, you don't get to like be gone forever and then just like mm-hmm. watch quietly from the corner. <laughs> Loki. Loki, that um, is scary. She can tell I'm yeah. Yeah, she can. Um that we both are. Um and sorry, the reason I asked you for context is like um kind of going back to like having our parents like see us perform. And like I think a big thing that I've realized this year is like letting my parents in on the thing that I love the most was really scary yeah. for me personally. And I always felt really guarded and there were certain jokes that I wouldn't do in front of them. There were like moments where I would like find myself just being like, oh, apologizing for the thing that I love. Yeah. And I think it was a huge step for me to like share that with them. So I was wondering if that translated for you as well. Um, you know, I think I don't know why, but with my mom, I... I mean, I'm sure I could think about it and figure out why, but, like, I didn't give any fucks. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you don't like what I'm doing, you don't have to like it, but, like, Mm. I'm going to talk about whatever I'm going to talk about, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to make jokes about things, and, like... Do you think you joke about your mom more than your dad? I think I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Initially, and I think that's because I... A, hadn't processed trauma about my dad and, like, didn't really know what to say about my dad. I just knew that I was fucking pissed and sad. Um, but then I, it's kind of weird, like, even, even among being all the, like, pissed off and sad, like, I, like, didn't want my dad to follow me because I was like, fuck you, but also it's like, well, then I'm going to think about, like, well, if I, I I shouldn't post this joke about my dad. Yeah. Because he might see it. And then it's like, for why am I going to worry about a guy who... (laughs) It's funny how we can be so angry yet so um, sad at the same time. Yeah. Well, know? it's also, w- I didn't realize this till my dad passed away, how much anger can like, uh, sadness can mask itself as anger. Yeah. Because anger is, there's a level, like it, it's to me almost, and maybe this is woo-woo or corny, it's almost like alchemy. And I truly think it's what a lot of, uh, and I, as much as I think, and I always stand by this. I don't mean this is a blanket statement. I think <laughs> there are exceptions. I think women across the board are much more emotionally yeah. evolved than men. But I do think men, be the part of the reason men are so angry is because it's not socially okay for them to be sad. And I think yes. there's a thing that you can do with your brain and your emotions when you're very sad is you can change it to anger. And a thing I had to like realize, because once my dad passed away, I had all these like things like, flood in and like these feelings and these memories and that like it's so much easier to be like and I don't know if it's like our egos or what but to be like fuck that guy than mm. to be like man that guy like really hurt me and I loved him I loved him and you don't have the same masking with like happiness you know like happiness is such a powerful visceral um thing where it's like maybe if you get nervous it's excitement right yeah but happiness is so standalone but anger and sadness are not there's like a blending there's a blending yeah 
Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really funny when people go like, you're not mad at me. You're mm-hmm. mad at your dad. Like, I think that's funny. Like, yeah. but I think it's true. I think that there's men walking around like, oh, fuck you. And fuck this. And fuck, yeah. oh, the government society. And it's like, yeah, like, you just need a hug, dude. Well, the thing, too, is like, yeah, I think. And that's I not to say that there isn't justified, real, just pure anger that's sure, a real emotion sure. yeah but i think that like it, it there's layers that yeah. comes with right i don't know how we got onto this well sadness too can also be like joy like have you ever been like really happy about something but like sad too you know like that's a bizarre thing like i like going back to bosnia like i feel that all the time like i'm so happy i went but i'm so sad and i feel this weird nostalgia for a place that i never even lived you yeah, know yeah i have that with like memories uh, right and it's like um like with the anger side of things it's like it just heightens every other emotion right yeah and so you just and then it also heightens the anger of course right but then it prohibits you from processing the other ones because you're just like well i just need to be angry now yeah you're just living in that and that's what i think about when i like when i meet people who are chronically angry yeah i'm like Oh man, you're hurting. But I also yeah. sometimes think that about people who are like wildly happy. I'm like, you are right. hiding. <laughs> well, I you a, are living a lie. I have but a that's weird relationship with anger because there was a point in my life, probably a good two three years, where I was like, I hate how angry I am all the time. Like something would happen, and I would literally feel full body rush heat. Like I would have to like take my clothes off. I'd get so heated about something oh God, and angry. Get, like, so mad. They'd you be know like, me. You know I'm not. I've never seen you. Hulk you've out. never seen me. Yeah. Like I mean, it is not in my nature. But there was a good like three years of my life where I literally thought I was having like manic episodes and like having anger i was gonna like uh, i was considering like anger management like i didn't luckily freak out oh yeah road rage was out of control out of control really you Fuck. know me you know me you know that that's not who i am but i mean i do have moments where i'm like yeah I bet she's secretly <laughs> i bet she shuts her door and goes i'm a bitch fucking can't um, stand my goddamn roommate your but fucking dog. one of the things i thought about a lot was like my um dad for example, everything he's gone through, not an angry bone in his body. I've maybe seen this man raise his voice three times in my entire life. He's just so like, that's just how life is. And I'm not saying that's good either, right? Like, no. I think I wish he could be angrier sometimes. But he, there's so much gratitude that that's what that's when anger stopped for me was the gratitude of knowing like even if this thing hurt me like I'm I hate that I had to learn this lesson this way or something or but I'm grateful that I'm processing this yeah and and I'm able to not be so affected by it yeah and it like there are things that like give you a different level of empathy for yeah other people in similar situations or like I was actually I think the opposite until I got older was like I didn't think mm. I, I didn't think of myself as an angry person. I thought mm. I, I would just like anything that would normally piss someone off. I would immediately go to sad. And then I think eventually my body no could way. not handle it anymore. And it was just like, it w- you would become sad. Yeah. I would just like, so oh, I would wow. just immediately start crying. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm just a cry baby, but like, I would cry a lot too. But like, I didn't start feeling like what I thought was anger until I got, Actually, till my like rheumatoid arthritis started like flaring up. When did that happen for you? Like, what age were you at? Uh, I think there were like little signs of it, honestly, mm-hmm. in 
starting as early as high school, but Whoa. 27 is when it was like, okay. I was like, I need to see a doctor. Whoa. But it, okay. but that would be like, ang- it, it, it was just like physical pain that mm-hmm. was so bad that mm-hmm. like, I would, it would, it makes you crazy. Yeah. Chronic pain makes people crazy. Uh, this is what I'm saying. Like I, my mom, I give her so much grace because she has like a difficult job that is physically demanding and she has so many shoulder issues that I'm just like, if she's ever having a bad day, it's not an excuse, right? Like if she's like, becomes angry about something completely unrelated. Yeah. But I'm like, it is hell. It is torture for people who live with chronic pain. I really, really can't imagine it. Yeah. It's and I hope you never, I mean like, yeah, thank God. Right. Like, yeah, my dad had like a bad yeah. back forever and I just, yeah. like that was just, dad's got a bad back and yeah. had no concept of it. And now I'm yeah. like, yeah, fucking, I'd probably do meth too. If I do you had a bad back from 30 <laughs> on, <laughs> I do this thing now. I don't know if you do this too, but like, I think a lot about as I get older, I think about my life in the context of where my parents were at when they were my age. Oh, I was 33 when my dad yeah. died at 66. Oh my God. Which made me realize I was when I was half his age uh-huh. and also, when I was being born, he was, my dad yeah. didn't know how ha- his life was halfway over. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. But I also think about like my mom had two kids by now. Oh, I know. Yeah. You're like mom. a kindergartner yeah. and then, like the most ADHD fucking second grader on whoever lived. My brother. <laughs> oh, my God. I How? Yeah, I know. My mom was, um, I always used to, like, there's home video of me being, like, 33 and married. And I just thought that everyone would get married by 30, have three kids. Like, yeah. What I a time. I thought I'd be married, like. The 90s <laughs> were crazy. Oh, my God, Moki, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to derail us. No, I was just curious really about that. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, I've cried. I'm glad we're recording video footage. Full <laughs> evidence. Um, yeah. Any, uh, have you, do you ever think you'll have like a full conversation with your parents about um, their experience or like ask them about it? Um, I've tried a few times um, in different ways. Um, they have been like, my mom is really forthcoming about stuff. Like she has sat down a few times or even told other people. And I've been in the room while she's like told her full story and stuff. Um, I have always wanted to either record a podcast or do a documentary with them. My issue with it is that I, um, want to tread lightly because I think that you creep into this territory of re-traumatizing people. Yeah, it's hard to talk about things. And it's easy for people who didn't go through that to be like, your story's so important. You need to share your story, you know, um, without actually having gone through it. Oh, yeah. Um, They they say that, like, mm -hmm. when you retell Mm -hmm. a story, your body... It goes back into the same as if it's happening. And like, I just know that it is, you would have to be in such a healthy mental space to do that. And like, even to this day, it's like my mom won't go out at night in my dad's neighborhood. Like, it's very difficult for her. Like, she'll have panic attacks. Like, she doesn't know that that's what they are, but I've seen them happen. And like, my dad, I, it's very interesting his relationship with talking about things because I write a lot about my parents and I do this like immigrant kid thing where I'll write it and then I'll just kind of send it or post it and then let them find out about it and um I've written a few things and every time he's been quite emotional and been like 
um like thank you so much for writing that and he, like, so like it connects glad for him yeah share it yes i think like he just doesn't have the words to do it like i just don't think that bone is in him yeah and i've been trying to have him help me write like a thank you letter because it's going to be 30 years since they immigrated to the states this month wow. and i was like dad we should really do this like this is important like i want you to like think about all the people that helped you and he's like well most of them have passed on or this and i was like but dad like do it for yourself or like you know like yeah, i think like the catharsis of it's our emotional human thing to share our stories is yeah. i do deeply believe that but the role i've taken on is i feel like a little bit of like a historian for my family yeah. of like i can speak to what it was like to watch my parents be immigrants right yeah. i don't i won't ever know every single thing that happened to them but i can relate to them from this perspective yes um and like the biggest kind of um thing for me was I had always heard that there was footage somewhere of my parents when they first came to the States. Um, a lot of the press was not allowed like in the airport, like uh, video photography. There were some photojournalists allowed, but they were like for the privacy of the refugees, they weren't. Um, but shortly after that, there was like a welcome picnic someone had organized. It was all bullshit. Her press. <laughs> literally yes um she collected the money and then didn't give it to them what a um fucking cunt. she's that we can do a whole episode too about this woman who is still alive and i know her address in arizona and i think do you know her name yes and i always think about knocking on her door and just fucking letting her have it but the things that she did to my parents are unspeakable but um in any case she organized this picnic right and there were she's in the video i'll show you but um i had never seen video or really only one picture of my mom from before I was born wow and I had always heard about it and I like kind of slowly asked my parents questions about like maybe who was the journalist or which camera crew or which news station, station. you know just like every maybe couple months ask one question because you have yeah. to do things slowly yeah. you, you know overwhelm anyone. and um a lovely man at oh uh, iphone storage bowl um, Damn it. <laughs> oh my god how long have we been talking holy shit well um amazing th this part is audio only <laughs> yeah um but so i mean this is the last thing i'll share but uh basically this man helped me find the footage and the archive from before they started even keeping digital records of the archive so he sifted through old physical archives to help me find this footage and he found wow. it and he sent it to me and you have it and i surprised my parents with it and it was so emotional because they had never seen it either, Whoa. I realized. So I realized as I was showing them, it was my first time seeing it, but it was also, also their, their first time. time. And they were my age. And Whoa. I'm looking at them in this video, and they're so young. They're so, like, rail thin, young. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like crazy to see and um I could tell my mom was like holding back tears and then my dad like excused himself and like went into the garage which we all know means he went to cry yeah the um, man gave <laughs> yeah. just cry oh, this is not I fully like panned to camera yeah. um, <laughs> and um after that he was like I'm just so happy that we got to see that you know and it's like I think things like He's that. Like, I was on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get what you do. Hollywood call it, you know. But I think he realized like there is such a big reason why I push for some of these things, and it's not so much to even share their story with someone, which I still do think is important. But it's really the healing part for them. 
Yeah. So if they ever feel like they're in a place where they can do that with me, I would love to do that. But I'm not, not going to force someone force it. to relive yeah. their trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good person. I hope so. It's a delicate line to walk, though, because I'm curious, right? Like, I want to know things about my parents, too, you know? Yeah. Some kids have, like, fun college stories about their parents. I have, like, what happened in the camp? What happened at camp? (laughs) Oh, your parents met at summer camp? Well, funny story. You know. Uh, Yeah. Were you ever... Was there a point where you were ever told to, like, I guess you're out of Bosnia, you're not, mm-hmm. but, like, not talk about being Muslim or not talk about being Bosnian? Yeah, my mom actually, um, when 9-11 happened, she was, like, well, we got basically killed for being Muslim. So, like, when you guys are in school, you don't tell anyone that you're Muslim. And you're, like, Cause she was like Well, she was thinking, like, yeah. So, of course, many of my friends actually did not know I was Muslim until like my mid 20s. Like, I just never really brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. And not in like a, oh, I'm high. Like, if someone asked me, I would tell them. But you weren't going to like advertise it either. Yeah. I'm not going to offer it. People just assume you're Christian. Do you know what I mean? Especially if you're like Mm -hmm. white. Yeah. I'm so white presenting. Like, you know, I don't have an accent. My name, if you don't see it written down, you don't have any questions. You're like, oh, like Grande? Yes, literally. Um, So, yeah, I just, um, but in terms of being Bosnian, like it never really came up and I didn't go to school. I maybe went to school with like maybe two or three other Bosnians. I never really. What about Serbian? Is that weird now, even as like the child of someone and meeting like the child of a Serbian who lives here? Sometimes, because sometimes you meet their parents and you're like, oh, you don't like me you don't fundamentally like me damn yeah but most of the kids my generation are actually pretty chill like there are a few that are kind of militant and they're gonna like you know believe what their parents believe but like which is so lame yeah and i think actually the people who are the worst are actually the people that live in diaspora or i get like diaspora i don't know how to pronounce it in english but um yeah they like they are the ones that have gotten more extreme after the war, right? With like ethnic ties and stuff because they don't live there. And so their lives and their minds are stuck in still that war zone of like, well, we, there's a divide, right? All the kids who like still live in Bosnia, they're like, they're not like, you know, wearing the flag proud and like, you know, fighting and you know what I mean? Like there is still some of that, but they're just like living normal. Like life went on. You know, they all still live with each other. All these ethnicities still live with each other. But the people, because we're so far away from, like, w- the homeland, people we feel, feel more extreme, right? You get pulled towards extremes, yeah. right? So it's understandable. Like, you have to make a statement. Yeah. I'm also this. Well, my cousins are always joke to me. They're like, you're more Bosnian than we are, you know? So and funny. then the Ameri- the Bosnians here in America always tell me I'm not Bosnian enough. So it's like who's right you know (laughs) yeah you can't win yeah i can't no you literally can't yeah if there's one thing we've learned from this conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone's a loser (laughs) we all lose yeah Yeah. um well thank you oh my god thank you i'm trying to think of if there's anything else i feel like you opened up my heart chakra (laughs) that's why we're here (laughs) um so 
So Bosnia is like right next to Croatia. Yeah. So Croatia hugs it. So okay. Croatia got practically the entire coast. Yeah, Croatia's got a good little setup. I know. They really kind of phoned Dubrovnik. one in. You know what I mean? Have you really? Yeah. When did you go? Was it when you went on tour? I went on a family cruise. Oh. With, uh, my did grandma. you like it? I've never been, actually. It's really cool. Yeah. And it felt safe. A walled city. I know. I was like, wow, we're really hiding out in Dubrovnik. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's going on here? People like Game of Thrones? Yeah, it? literally. Yeah. Like, what mm. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Like, oh, I know that place. That's so funny. Yeah. So, um, I, where you were, if you just went across, like, that little bridge they have now there, like, 30 minutes even, that's where Mostar is. So, that's Herzegovina. So, that's, like, southern, southern. Bosnia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were close. You were there. Where the Bosnian rednecks are. It <laughs> <laughs> probably sounds more offensive. I'm so sorry. No. And you know what, though? I love it. Because they, they can be annoying. So <laughs> take that. Everyone take can that. be annoying yeah. sometimes. <laughs> in Bosnian, the language that you speak to your parents is Bosnian. So this is another very controversial question. So uh, we everyone says Bosnian, right? But people officially will call the language like Serbo-Croatian. And other people like Serbians will tell you that Bosnian isn't real, even though there's like literally an alphabet called Bosanchica. Like I can't even get it. Like they this. act like it doesn't exist. Yeah, because after the war. So my mom, for example, the town that she was from, it, it was called Bosanski Novi, which means new Bosnia, basically. Bosanski Novi. Bosanski Novi, yes. And they changed the name after the war to be Novi Grad, which means new city. Because they were trying to erase Bosnia basically from the language and from like any traces of it. So when people tell me that Bosnian isn't a real language, I'm like, you're wrong. Like if you officially take a class, they call it Bosnian, Croatian, Serbian, BCS. But I'm like everyone speak the same language over there. Okay, so similarly, yes, it's like we can all understand each other. Um, Serbians have Cyrillic, though. They have their own alphabet. Um, And then there's certain words that like are different, but you can still figure out what someone's saying. Yeah. So you just have like yeah. a piece of paper in your pocket that is written in <laughs> Bosnian. I was like, okay, well, if Bosnian's not a language, yeah. Why don't you tell me what this says? I'm like, then why do all of our signs when you buy a pack just of cigarettes? Yourself. When you buy a pack of cigarettes over there, they have all three languages on it. So riddle me that. And two of them are spelled the exact same: Croatian and Bosnian, and then there's Serbian Cyrillic. So I'm like, who has the made up language? <laughs> right. Yeah. But wait, so Bosnian and Serbian? I mean, not Bosnian. Yeah. And Croatian. Or it's spelled same? the same. Yeah, basically. Pretty much. Okay. It's like yeah. a, almost like a regional. And then there's regionalism. And then spelling regionalism. So like, okay. r- you know, certain words will be pronounced the same way, but spelled differently. Um, things like that. So do you feel a responsibility to keep your language alive? I do. I do, actually. I'm like really. Why haven't you had chill? <laughs> I'm just I know. I'm well, kidding. I mean, I feel, I feel responsibility in the way where it's like. I think you can leave a legacy without children and stuff. I think what's really important to me is um, keeping the culture alive. And part of the way you can do that is through language. Like, I'm really grateful I can talk to my grandma. You know what I mean? And, like, that's huge to me. Um, And also, like, I think when you understand a language, you understand the culture more. You know? Yeah. There's just so much nuance in language that Mm -hmm. really, like, you can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was wonderful. It was. I learned a lot. I learned a Hope lot. I didn't embarrass. I had too some. Much. I had a few epiphanies as well. So we did yeah. it. We cried. We laughed. Yeah. Loki. <laughs> I almost. I had said to some things that life. are probably going to get my head chopped off. <laughs> We're doing okay over here. You know, Herzegovina is coming for our asses. It uh, was a very know? beautiful man from Herzegovina. Yeah. <laughs> he was very strong. 
<laughs> so strong. They are. Hey, you know. Very. Yeah, we love yeah. it. I love it. They are beautiful. They're very tall. Usually tall, dark, kind of handsome type. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a nice looking fella. Yeah, that's in the past. You many know? many years ago. You know? Um. In 1993. <laughs> uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, where can people find you? Um, at Ariana Ramick on all socials. A-R-I-J-A-N-A-R-A-M-I-C. Ramich. Yeah. I'll say it and right. she's got a great podcast yeah. called Burning the Light. Yes. And she's a, an incredible comedian and human. So And roommate. And she's <laughs> not a bad roommate either. No, she's <laughs> probably the best roommate. I'm not even going to say that. The other roommates might be listening. No. They don't. You're, no, they don't. Yeah. They never want to hear my voice again. <laughs> and that's because they're hard yeah. to deal with. Not me. They're Serbian. Uh, so. yeah. yeah. I'm on the run. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next time. Go follow her. And uh, bye, idiots. That concludes this week's episode of Ignorance is Blessed. I hope you enjoyed the guest. Do you have follow-up thoughts, follow-up questions? Get in the Facebook group and start a conversation. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots on Facebook. You can search for it or find it on my Facebook page. Facebook.com slash JMS comedy. There you can have a chat about this guest. You can ask about future guests. You, you can suggest future guests. I love it all. Please keep giving suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. <laughs>